We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Hey, Abe, hello. Uh, Out Now is a film podcast. We discuss new movies weekly. We cover a lot of topics. Um, we have a main review. It's mostly spoiler free. Then we get back to other fun movie topics. This is a, this is a bonus episode. We don't have a number um, for this one. Um, but we are going to be talking about A Quiet Place, the newest release of this week. Um, scored number one at the box office this weekend with $50 million. Um, $50 million? It's more than I saw yesterday. Yeah, 50, it's, uh, the, number, the Sunday numbers are in. It's a $50 million opening. It did uh, really well. And people really like it. Um, Insert Jim Awkward face here. <laughs> Jim, yeah, Jim Awkward face exactly. Um, so, uh, joining us today uh, to get into things, um, I have my lovely girlfriend, Miss Anna Bosch. Good morning, or good afternoon, depending on whenever everyone's listening to this. Could be good evening, <laughs> or good evening, <laughs> or good night. There could yeah. be there could be some show. there could be some people that get home, they drop their stuff. They get a bottle of wine, they pour a glass, and they're like, let me turn on the radio. <laughs> and by radio, I mean Spotify or Sprecher or <laughs> iTunes or whatever they use. And be like, time to get on that out now name so I can relax for a bit before I get back to my horrible, horrible life. <laughs> yes, we're the, we're the reprieve from a hard day's work. You guys are the silver lining then. But enough about friend of the show, Jay Cluett. Let's uh, move oh. in to... <laughs> We kid. He was just done. He's across the, first... the pond. I mean, come on. It's already tomorrow for him. Mm-hmm. That is okay. That that applies. I guess it's already tomorrow for him at this random time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to get into something that uh, that happened recently. Um, that I mean, we can't just. I can't do the show with Abe and everybody without addressing this. Um, and I figured the best way to be, do this was not to get into too much detail, but at least provide a heads up and um, explain what's going to happen in the second half of the show. Um, so uh, we have a lot of guests on this program. It's fun to do. It's fun to get a lot of, you know, movie fans on here, um, you know, every week, um, including my lovely girlfriend who's, you know, with me now, obviously. Um, one of the guests that we have, you know, one of our favorite guests, <laughs> one of our most special guests, um, is my mother, uh, Denise Denmark. Um, it's been We've had her on a number of times. I've had special conversations with her that we've released, mainly going over random horror movies because she's a big horror fan and thriller fan. We talked about Get Out and uh, The Babadook, among other things. And um, uh, the, one of the last full episodes we had was the we had we did The Commuter, right? Uh, we talked about with, and the, it was the post episode, but we had the she was on with you yeah. for the commuter because mm-hmm. we were visiting at that time with with many beautiful uh, posters yeah, that we yeah, got yeah, our yeah, opinion great about. posters, yeah. And she had yeah. very big big questions about the, some of the things going on. <laughs> uh, and then we had one last Christmas uh, for fences, which I thought was a great episode, which with having you. On they kicked a, off the new year. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And my mom. Um. So my mom passed away, um, last week on Easter Sunday. Um, it was a shock. Um, it, this was not something that I knew at all was going to happen. This was very much news to me and everybody. Um, she wasn't sick or anything like that. I'm not going to go too far into it, but just know, yeah, it would, it just wasn't something I would ever think to have to expect, but my, yeah, my mom passed away. Um, and, um, 
we're um, we're dealing with it. Um, I um, and I hate to think that there are new listeners that are chiming in right now and thinking, "Oh man, this is a, this is an episode. This is heavy." Um, but we like you know we like to have fun on this podcast. So we're gonna still do that. We're gonna have yeah. fun on this podcast. I just I need to. Well, we definitely everyone, need to address for world problems. Yes, I need to. I need to just you know share what's going on here because my mom was a great person. She was use my mom, but she was she, was, she brought a lot of warmth into the world. You always hit movie corner. Mm-hmm. She mom's movie minute. My, that's my right. mom's movie minute. She was. Yeah. I mean, I was happy to always report on if she couldn't. You know, if it didn't couldn't bring her on herself, it was happy to always say things that she you know eventually saw. Eventually saw, and we you know we talked about it on the phone or whatnot. Um, actually, and uh, just a, a word into this. Um, ideally. I was going to have her on for a special Black Panther episode because one of the last conversations we had was about Black Panther and how she hadn't seen it yet. And I was just telling her how successful it is. Not for nothing, but it just passed Titanic's domestic gross, by the way. Right. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was, I really wanted her to go and see the movie so we, you know, we could have another special like bonus episode until we can talk about it and whatnot. Um, but no, that's so that that's where things are. Um, currently and so we're gonna you know we're gonna continue on with the rest of the show here it's gonna be a bit more abridged because at the end of our you know the the regular silly stuff that we do um i'm gonna i'll have edited a compilation of a lot of the episodes that we recorded with my mom um so you can hear a lot of uh you know her insights on the films that we've discussed over the years and the kind of fun that we had with her as far as bringing her on to the onto the show and everything so um you know be prepared for that of course and that should be you know that should be <laughs> a nightmare to have to edit but i'm gonna do it <laughs> and, um, labor of love and um we're but yeah for now we're gonna we're gonna get back into things here um so let's um let's get to some quick show notes real quick um it is now april which means everything suddenly is going to get a lot more rushed. So we have the summer gamble. We got to get ready for it. <laughs> I know. And you know, it's weird. Mm-hmm. They moved the date for Avengers release back. Yeah. So to April 28th. Yeah. So normally we record the summer gamble and I'll explain what that is in a second for newcomers, but we record that like a week before whatever the May kickoff movie is, which is usually in a Marvel movie. Um, and it was Avengers until <laughs> Marvel is like, you know what? I don't like the fact that Fate of the Furious has the biggest global launch of all time, so we're going to launch it a week earlier so we can have the biggest global launch of all time. That's basically what they've done. <laughs> and so that means... The Titanic record. That means... Well, not even Titanic. No, just like the releasing it all across the world at the same time. Like, Fate of the Furious currently has that record. It's, it's something I've seen like $600 million or something like that. And so I think Marvel's like, you know what? we can do that so instead of because you know marvel always releases their movies a week early in the rest of the or like in in europe the world and the rest of the world and then they release it you know the week later here so they're like sense to have captain america released it like you know in china the week before so this time they're like no what we're gonna we're ditching that (laughs) so we can get this going so of course they didn't think about out now there today but the fact that we have to record a summer gamble around this time <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're gonna we're gonna have to do it a little earlier and i'll be contacting they all the seemingly didn't get the memo i know i sent it, it too I... to all the executive heads I, yeah to michael eisner and everybody so you know i tried <laughs> <laughs> to kevin feige and, um <laughs> Even Hugh Jackman, just because, like, why not? Let's see what happens. Hugh Jackman? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott, as far as the show, Scott Mendelson interviewed him, so I was like, oh, he has an oh. end, so we can uh, we can get that way. I was thinking that he was, like, head of some company now, and I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't read the news, the trade papers. Well, after that. Days of Future Past, everything changed as far as the rights. It got really <laughs> weird. 
Um, so they did fix the pass. This is so much a preamble to what our stupid gamble <laughs> we have to do. But so our gamble is where um, Abe and I, along with plenty of guests of the show, we all kind of kind of try to guess what we think are going to be the top ten highest grossing films of the summer at the domestic box office. Um, and so this uh, requires both a lot of um, or a very minimal amount of preparation and a lot of time to make sure we can ridicule the others for their choices, of course. And so we'll be a group that will happen this month, of course, at some point. We'll get that ready to go. And that's always one of the fun. I mean, the, the, the fun things that we do, our show is always fun. But of the things we like to do as far as like annual things, the top 10 show, the Oscar show and the summer gamble are pretty big ones as far as those concerned. Mm-hmm. Um and of course, every new Spider-Man movie. There's one of those all the time. Um, so um, <laughs> I can't wait for the uh, the animated into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, yeah, that'll be happening. What else? Commentary track. It's a new month. Last month we did our awesome Big Lebowski commentary, which is <laughs> fact-filled and really fun. Um, but this month, the theme of the the theme of the speaking of Titanic, the theme of the commentaries for the past three months has been movies that Titanic just destroyed at the box office 20 years ago. Uh, this month, we finally have the movie that was the first film to be number one after Titanic, which was, like, number one for, like, 15 or 20 weeks at the box office. Uh, that movie was Lost in Space. <laughs> 1998's Lost in Space was the film that dethroned Titanic from the number one spot at the box office. Everyone loves that William Hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, that is certainly a movie, and it is certainly a movie that we are going to do a commentary track on at some point this month. So be prepared for that. It, it also works hand-in-hand hand with the uh, the release of the Netflix show. It does, actually. Yeah, so we really <laughs> found a way to tie it in. You know what? I watched the trailer for that Netflix show. It looks pretty good. <laughs> I, I liked it, too. And I was, I was like, surprised. You know, I, I'm going to give this a shot. Like, I'm, I'm, more, give it a shot. I'm more excited than I was, as in I had no, no, you know, I was like, okay, that exists. I was like, oh, that actually looks like a pretty good show. But no, yeah, we're going to talk about the commentary for the that that Lost in Space movie, which is not hard to find because it's been streaming on Netflix since day one, and most DVD players, when you first bought them, seem to have come with Lost in Space. So pretty much everyone seems to have an, <laughs> a copy of Lost in Space in some some form. It's like a package deal, like, like VHS. It was. It's like one of those like you buy a DVD player and you get like six free DVDs from like Warner Brothers. Really? So it was like The Matrix and lost in space were like among the like the you know the key ones that everyone seemed to have had mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's what's going to happen in the coming weeks we've got plenty of plenty going on here let's move on let's get to let's get to nova Roddy. each week we ask a, tw- a question or two of the podcast uh, better get to know you know we do we do all this stuff and we better get to know <laughs> no, everybody <laughs> nailed it nailed that one Got him. It doesn't matter because we don't really have any questions this week we just wanted to go over the, <laughs> over the poll we've been doing a poll on the um, on the facebook page <laughs> Uh, facebook.com slash on podcast um, where we ask uh, we put down a movie death match you know what a by the way i just realized we should probably should probably put this on twitter it's not hard to do polls on twitter either um <laughs> <laughs> i've been seeing more polls on twitter yeah. since we released our polls on facebook which just means that we're trendsetters so you know and because we use the facebook page more than our twitter page so maybe we can increase some of the twitter this about now by actually putting the poll on there too for those that don't use facebook which apparently currently now is more of a thing <laughs> so um <laughs> if you're uh, gonna leave facebook let us know so we can follow you on twitter <laughs> but um yeah so we, we've been doing a poll question it's been a movie death match where we essentially put two movies together that are related in some way um and you choose the one that you want to survive and the other one gets just taken out of existence which means that the history of the world changes in some capacity <laughs> because you don't have this movie as in the director's career paths change actors career paths change things just happen differently uh, all this stuff so help, making it harder for you to choose depending on the films but so this week um it's an alien invasion theme 
and mm-hmm. we have um, War of the Worlds, Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds, versus M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, offhand, uh, <laughs> where, 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 where are you going? Where would you be going with that one? I'm keeping Signs. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this off-air, I think, just last week, where I wasn't huge on Signs, um, but when you think about the, the career trajectory of you know, already what has happened to Steven Spielberg, what has happened to Tom Cruise, uh, I guess Dakota Fanning, uh, then you already see that, hey, they already have like, what, 20 years, 20 plus years of work that they've already established, right? Especially Dakota Fanning. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> did she already do Man on Fire? Yes. See, she's already done her best no, this work. Is then. Like, yeah, this is after, like, Dakota <laughs> Fanning was like, I Am Sam was her big, like, first thing, and, well, then, yeah. and then Man on Fire. So yeah, this is this is her big this is her blockbuster pull. This is, it's like I've done my my small indie work this, and my my random action movie. So now it's time to get into Spielberg land. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I I'm keeping signs, even though I'm I'm kind of just lukewarm on it. When but... was the last time you watched Signs? I'm curious. Like two thousand? Well it came out in two thousand two. So two thousand two then? Okay, well like two thousand and three then? So not since I like it you... came out in ninety nine, but that must have been Six that... Sense was ninety nine. Unbreakable's okay. two thousand. Like yeah, two thousand. Then yeah, then Signs is two thousand two. Because you swear by it. What? You swear by Signs. I I'm a big fan of Signs. I'll get into mine in a, in a second here. Anna, do you have a pick between the two? Well, I know how this poll thing works, and I mean, I haven't really had the time to think it out. Mm-hmm. But I like both films. But you're talking about this is the remake War of the Worlds, right? Yeah. I haven't seen either one of these in the longest time. <laughs> But I probably would hop on board because I know I talked to you about I was like the foil. I remember the foil, so I was gonna like lean on signs <laughs> just because of the foil aspect right yeah, now. Yeah, you need tin hats. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember, like when Aaron had brought this up um, during the week, and he was like, "Oh, we put up the poll again," and I was like, "All right." And then I'm thinking about the movies, and like the the first image like popped in my head was the foil hats. So. With that, since I really haven't gone in depth of thinking about the process right now, like eliminating the two, but I probably would glean on signs. Um, well, yeah, okay. I, um, <laughs> yes, as Abe, you've mentioned already, I'm a signs fan. I think the I think signs is a really straight. It was, I mean, until cheese recently, it was Shyamalan's last good movie. <laughs> but um, true. But um, no, I think so, and you know, everyone loves After Earth. And give it shish. And given um. You know, Mel Gibson. It's maybe the last like great Mel Gibson performance I've seen. <laughs> as far and as far as I can yeah, still sure. have a level of respect for Mel Gibson, because that's basically how I have to divide it. As far as my opinions on him go, I tend to just look at well, things clearly took a turn at a certain point, which is basically <laughs> basically the passion. Um, uh, and um, no, him as an actor, he's really good in it. I can't deny that. I can't deny that he's really good in sides. Oh, but everyone did. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is great in it. The kids, yeah. you have a, what? You have a Culkin. And, yeah, I was um, like, I don't know which uh-huh. Culkin it is, but yeah. there's one of them in there. Uh, I believe Kieran. It's Kieran, Kieran Culkin. And okay. Which is, the, is it Little Miss Sunshine, that girl? Is it Abigail Breslin? I, I think, think it is Abigail I think it's Breslin. her. I think it's her, yeah. yeah. Um, Who's the one with asthma? Is that the Culkin? The Culkin. Yeah, Culkin has mm-hmm. asthma. She's yeah. just obsessed with water. That's her thing. Oh, yeah. So she's the one. But regardless, I do think Science is a better movie. I think, and if you get you get rid of signs, you just I think that gets rid that gets more rid of the the clout that Shyamalan was building before. Because like the village was still yeah. successful, it's just it's a terrible movie. Uh, but like, <laughs> you know, 
you come especially because i think because unbreakable at the time wasn't given like that it was like okay that was something that wasn't six cents and then signs yeah. signs and that came out at like in um november of that year signs came sam signs was like a big like uh summer movie and it was a hit it was like a huge hit got great reviews it's like four stars from ebert like it was a mm-hmm. it was a huge like win for him and everything right and like, and that gave him like I can do anything money like which he already pretty much had which, after six cents but yeah, like gave him more he, of that yeah and then, and then he gets asked to do Last Airbender which is kind of you know here's that's your little, that's a little later he gets money. the he gets he gets the village which is he gets like the village, right? people hated it and it made but it still made money then he did Lady in the Water Lady in the Water which, that was and that was like because that's where he moved away from Disney because Disney didn't want to do they Disney wanted to give him notes and he didn't want to take notes and so he moved to no notes and so he moved to Warner <laughs> Brothers. And we don't need to go over all of Shyamalan, but like that. So that. Yeah. Meanwhile, War of the Worlds, I'm fine with War. I don't. I don't. I just don't think it's great. I think it has a f- great first. Everything leading up to Tim Robbins is spectacular in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the Tim Robbins stuff, just it just drags the entire movie down for me. Um, but because like the building up to it is just like the first attack and everything is amazing. There's some phenomenal sound design in that movie. I re- I did rewatch it not two like a couple years ago at some point huh? probably. Like you know, as far as craft goes, I mean, he knows how to make a sturdy alien invasion movie, and it's a it's a mean movie and very much on purpose because this was this is the same year he did Munich, which came out in that December. Yeah. Spielberg, you know, he's, he, he he's was, never uh, busy feeling... enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and and you know, so it, it, in addition to Munich, War of the Worlds very much works as a nine eleven parable also, and so it's like it has all these. All these dark things going on. Like, it's not a fun alien invasion movie. It has some stuff in it because it's Spielberg. Like, it's not, you know, super... It's not always dark, but it's got a lot going on. And I can appreciate a lot of that. Just ultimately, it's not a favorite movie of mine. It's interesting both films have, like, a significant template or, like, color scheme, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, War in the Worlds is, like, that grays, blues. Mm -hmm. And then you got signed as more, like, the orange and dark black browns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. When it comes to like, yeah. the color palette of films, too. Yeah. They're both kind of legit scary at points, too. Yes. Like, there's some stuff. Like, Science has, like, one of the... Some great, amazing scare moments in that movie, which I mean, we'll get to when we talk about A Quiet Place. I don't stars. remember like, them, there's, but there's, I believe you. There's some... you got to watch. You should watch... I mean, you haven't I, seen I, it. I, I, I will. You, like, we're totally watching Signs. Well, yeah. <laughs> I wish we would have watched instead of the... I mean, I'm happy we did watch the films that we did this week, but mm-hmm. I feel like we should have watched both of these films back-to-back mm-hmm. just to have a better... Or for me, for the well, moment. We can still do that, <laughs> and then next week we can we can report back with okay. you, your, your new thoughts on it. Okay. Um, but <laughs> also, so, just to, to finish up there, uh, you know, Spielberg... I still think he goes on to do some of the movies that he would go on to do, right? So, for example, like Lincoln or something like that, which is we've already seen enough from him in this poll for this poll question. We've seen enough from him to know that he's a competent and established director. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he doesn't go on to do, I don't know. Actually, I'm looking at his IMDb page. Like, I think he still goes on to do the maybe, – maybe not Adventures of Tintin, but he goes on to do – I think he still does War Horse. I still, I still think he does Lincoln. I still think he does – for just spies, I I I think the because Munich would definitely still happen. Um, yeah, um, but I mean I, those are like historical drama type movies. Yeah, no. What, like... I, what I was what I was gonna say is I think the with do by doing War of the Worlds, which it it, it was a, that was a quickly made. I remember when that happened. It was like Tom's Tom's schedule's clear, Spielberg's schedule's clear. We can do I this. You're gonna and, say Tom Scarrett, and I was yeah. like Tom Scarrett. No, but they, they they they're at a point where it was like we can make this movie, and they shot it like really quickly, and then it was all yeah. and, you know the rest is just like effects and stuff. But like if he if they don't do that movie, 
then I wonder if like Spielberg still has a lot he wants to get out as far as his his thoughts on 9/11 essentially, and like some of that comes out in okay. Munich, obviously. But I'm curious, like if if like he does a different film instead, or like if like I don't know, even Indiana Jones or something has like influences that mm-hmm. go in a different direction or mm-hmm. more of an a different sort of tone that he wants to get out through other movies if by not getting to do War of the Worlds. That's that's right. kind of the kind of thought. And also, if we eliminate War of the Worlds, Tom Cruise's career might be different just because he doesn't go on Oprah, and that doesn't happen. What? That was during that marketing kit. That's what happened. Where, like, oh, that's, he jumps on the couch. He, he does, that, that, that whole thing happens, and it's it like, kind of sets a new tone for who Tom Cruise really is. Does. Yeah, I mean, so like, if we don't get yeah, War of the Worlds, I, then that's taken out. It's so yeah, as, as much as I enjoy movie. Tom Cruise, like, in terms of his, his uh, action movie performances and his his machismo yes. i'm doing air quotes which aaron can see <laughs> but, <laughs> but um you know well, it's just that it, mean, it did it did really cast this different light on him like wow this guy's really into his scientology and i don't know how i feel about that because sometimes it's i, I don't i don't it just seems uh, these days it's not really a thing that comes up anymore like it's it's it, you yeah know, but then you're, like what you're saying he goes on a, a but huge slew of of straight action of, movies uh, like there's you don't uh, see that american made is like the first time you don't see him doing something traditionally actiony or sci-fi for a while so. and even yeah but even that is like still his production team that does it but i was gonna say that he goes on like a slew of weird interviews like including like yeah all that the stuff Matt exactly of like yeah. i know what drugs are and I'm like what is going on with tom cruise and also so. i mean Cruz, they're coming off Minority Report together, him and Spielberg, and, and like, yeah. you know, he's not in Spielberg movies now, um, and so, you know, a lot of people think that the you know, War of the Worlds was a hit, but it's like, could it have been a bigger hit if Tom Cruise didn't seemingly go crazy during the press tour for that movie? <laughs> That's right, what if? So, all of these things are why I choose signs. <laughs> <laughs> to save signs. Um, and apparently the listeners agree, because 32% to 68% vote for uh, signs. Okay. So signs, they thought about the same things that we thought about. I mean, there were some comments in the notes that, that mentioned the uh, the Oprah thing, for oh. one thing. And, uh, yeah. and that Spielberg and Cruise will be fine without War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. while uh, Shyamalan, you know, that does help him um, more than it doesn't. Um, so yeah, that was our that was our talk on the poll there. So that's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. Uh, let's move on now. Let's get down to the quickies. Yep. Each week now, now we'll move with you. Talk about the quickies. Damn. That's pretty good. Uh huh. I I saw your quickie concentration power in that one. Have you seen any other movies this week? Yes, I did. I saw two other movies this week. Two new releases, I should say. I watched Love Simon. Which I think is okay. I think it it it's kind of neat the way that they they use I guess the digital age uh, to make this movie, but also at the same time it really dates the movie. Um, not in terms of the technology, but just everything that they're saying, all the bands that they're mentioning, all whatever else that they're doing. It really it's gonna date the movie just so that when you watch it like twenty years from now, if you watch it twenty years from now, you're gonna be like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. Uh, but the I mean, way that you can argue that for any Hughes movie or any like teen comedy, right? By the way, the Hughes, the I read right. Molly Ringwald's thing from the New Yorker this past week. I thought it was a good read. I would recommend it. Um, I mean, you watched like but, Say Anything not too long, you know a few years back, and it's like well, that movie's still amazing. I think it's still oh, a great movie, oh, but it's certainly sure, yeah. it's certainly it's certainly from 1989. <laughs> like, yeah, nobody has jukeboxes anymore. Um, <laughs> me, <laughs> like, me, me boom like, boxes. No, no, doesn't doesn't her father have like a jukebox oh, in yeah, their the, house? 
From well, I mean, that's, money. A, that's a nostalgia item. Any, <laughs> you can have that at any age. <laughs> Good point. And a lot of diners might have electric ones. But the plot-wise, I think it was a it's a good story to tell and it's a it's a good way to tell the story what i didn't like about it was that uh simon um something happens to simon over christmas break that's kind of a huge life-changing event and then he comes back from christmas break and all his friends are like we don't want to be friends with you anymore because you were a jerk as to why you were keeping a secret and i was like this is not the strongest motivation as to why you wouldn't be friends with somebody. It's like, it feels like you should be friends with that person even more right now. But um, anyway, some of the motivations are just a little bit confusing to me. Uh, but on the whole, Love, Simon, I'd say it's a rental. You know, something that you can watch on, on Netflix, probably. Other thing that I saw, Isle of Dogs, Wes Anderson. I'm not going to say too much more because I think we're going to do a special episode on it. But it is, I enjoyed it. I'm going to go watch it again. Okay. Okay. I yes, there there because th- there's there are two kinds of conversations I want to have about Isle of Dogs, so we'll certainly get to it um, as far as the movie. Uh, are we going to speak in dog? Yeah, which means we'll be translated to English. Um, <laughs> so, so, Anna, besides the things I'm going to mention, is there anything else you want to throw up there in quickies? Um, no, because basically. The ones you're going to mention right now are the ones that we watched for this week. Okay. Well, yeah, we have watched a number of things uh, this week. Uh, I've talked about um, how Batman is my earliest memory um, mm-hmm. as far as, in general, the movie Batman, the 1989 Batman, as far as my memory in life, seeing that, excuse me, seeing that movie um, with, with my mom in theaters. Um, but I've been told before that The Land Before Time is actually the first movie that I've seen in theaters. Um, I have no memory of this. I've seen it since then, obviously, and I have have memories of just seeing it when I was younger, but certainly not my first memory in the same way that Batman is. Uh, But so regardless... Because when we were scrolling through trying to look for movies, I was like, you didn't mention that. I just, I I realized that I was, was, yeah. I've been told that before. Okay. but we watched The Land Before Time this week on Netflix. Um, this is the animated Don Bluth film, uh, which I don't think I've seen in like two decades at least. Don uh, Bluth? Yeah. Name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, Secret of Nim and uh, yeah. Rock or and like, uh, was that All, Do- <laughs> All Dogs Go to Heaven? All Dogs Go to Heaven. Uh, Titan AE. He did uh, Titan AE? Yeah, he did. Good oh. movie. Does it, like with Matt Damon? With Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Firefly before Firefly. <laughs> Um, but no, the Land Before Time, which is about you know dinosaurs, <laughs> um, a, a young, yeah, a, young set of, a young set of dinosaurs that go on to like they have to they're separated from all their parents essentially to, to some varying degrees, and they have to go on a journey to get to the Great Valley. Uh, this movie is beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's so like and it's it's neat. I think it's, I find it fascinating to watch movies about dinosaurs before Jurassic Park because uh, mm-hmm. you know. There's such an indelible, indelible stamp that that movie leaves behind as far as your impression of dinosaurs, mainly because it's realistic to a degree as far as what they're trying to put out there and everything. And so movies that are animated or even just you know models or what have you about dinosaurs, it's it's such a unique way to think. That it's like this is before we had kind of the like the movie to go to when you want to know what a dinosaur looks like. And so watching an animated film about dinosaurs that's really wonderfully animated, you know, and it's not yeah. it's Don Bluth film. You know, Don Bluth has more of a kind of a you know, there's a darker sense to his films, and there's generally they're trying to go for a more of a sense of realism to a degree, I guess, as far as how animals look and whatnot. 
And yeah, no, it's it's very it's you know it's like sixty nine minutes. It's not a long movie, but yeah. it's it's very enjoyable. Um, it has you know some great moments of you know some, some like neat comedy moments. There's a lot of touching emotional moments um, involving loss. Um, yeah. Um, and you know all this is taken much more serious than the what thirteen sequels, two animated musical specials, and video games <laughs> and what have you that followed the Land Before Time because it was hugely popular. Uh, thing I didn't know, Spielberg and Lucas uh, were executive producers on this. I knew Spielberg was. I didn't know it was Lucas also. So that's like one of the only things they've both done together um, outside of like outside of the Indiana Jones franchise. Um, but no, it's a it's, it's a good, very touching, it's charming. A, it's a, it's a nice animated film. I was telling Aaron that like when we're watching it, it looks like it could be a book. Like if you turn like each page, just how the animation is and everything. It's just it's. It's still beautiful, even though it's dark. Until they get to the the Great Valley, that's when you finally see like more like colors and life and everything. Because mm-hmm. it's basically like what apocalyptic land. Yeah, I mean, because the world, so, yeah, it's all changing around them with the like the way the the Earth's moving and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah. Gonna... Oh yeah, go ahead. Were you gonna say it? I was gonna say that. Um, uh, uh, I forget what I was gonna say actually. Hold on. I'm so sorry. On the tip of my thing. No, 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 no. It, it wasn't anything like crazy important. What it's about just that, KB uh, Toys? <laughs> KB Toys? Because I told Aaron, like, I was with him on board too, or like, I haven't seen this movie since it probably came out, like, when I was maybe, I don't know, what, seven or something. Yeah. And so then I told him, I was like, I think this movie was like the spark of like, us, my, my siblings, and I going to KB Toy Store to get dinosaurs. They're coming back. Toys R Us I is heard. leaving and KB Toys is coming I back. I heard that. Mm-hmm. That's so random. <laughs> it's like, that's that's the toy store that I didn't like. But anyway. uh, no, they're fine. They're fine. They're much more widespread than Toys R Us, which is only like in, in one store where I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one location, I should say. But anyway, for a land before time, I forget what I was going to say. It's going to come up randomly and I'll just shout it out. But, Sounds uh, Theme of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just name it shout it out randomly with Aaron and Abe shout it out. <laughs> I like it, it shout it's it out podcast. Yeah. all right um a couple more uh my mom's favorite movie um is To Kill a Mockingbird um among others she's a, she's has a wider range of favorite movies but that's always one that seems like her go-to as far as if you asked her what her favorite movie is uh, but the film To Kill a Mockingbird with uh, Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch so we watched that Mm-hmm. Uh, this week as well, which is just a tremendous movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the cast is uniformly strong, but at, Gregory Peck is so good. Um, got him Academy kind of, Award. Got a, yeah, I got him an award that he did not expect to win, but, but he did, and he was surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, like AFI has him ranked as like the number one hero of all time. Um, it's on like the most inspirational movies list, I believe, on the among other like lists that it's on and everything. It's and um, I wonder if it's like one of the best translated films from book to screen. You know how we end up talking about a lot good of question on yeah. the podcast of like when there's a lot of adaptations, but it feels because I remember reading the book in school and then watching the movie in school as well after reading the book, and it felt so greatly translated. You know, it. No, it, yeah, it's a. Uh... And it's a pretty paid. I mean, we talked about this last week, like Ready Player One, where it's like there's a lot of inspiration there, and there's a lot of things changed. To Kill a Mockingbird is a pretty direct, like page for page transformation or adaptation um, mm-hmm. from the novel. Like, there's not much that they've done away with or altered to make that work as a film, which is part of why it was a risky film to make because there's not like 
you know, you wouldn't make that movie today because there's not there's there's nothing in it beyond like character interaction, and you know, there's some positives that occur, but like there's no like there's no like traditional movie beats that it has to right. follow. Yeah, it, it's um, very much like a, a talking movie. <laughs> it, yeah. And like, it's like it's, and it's a mix it's very of things. Dialogue heavy. Yeah, and it's a it's like because it's both like a coming of age story about the daughter Scout, as well as like and like a movie about like an urban legend with Boo Radley mm-hmm. and a courtroom drama and a racial drama. Like it's just it has all these different things. Regardless, it is impeccably well made. Elmer Bernstein's score for the movie is terrific. Yes, that piano it's, score. it's a really nice score. Yeah, Peck is just so good in that. Like, and there's yeah. he has like a whole the like the um, what the closing argument um at the court case which is like it's like a nine minute scene of him explaining everything that's happened and why it's undoubtedly wrong for you to convict tom robinson's character the tom robinson um based mainly for anything other than the fact that he's black and it's just like it's just tremendous it's a tremendous film all the way through yeah um does it do does it do a dramatic take off glasses scene he doesn't no, because he's better he doesn't. than that. He doesn't know. Like there's, there's. I don't remember it. Yeah. No, there's not much. But there's no posturing. Like he's the he's he's not a like he's not playing a movie lawyer. He's just playing a good guy. <laughs> like <laughs> I like how you framed it. You uh, phrase it movie lawyer. Because like... I know I know what you're saying. Like I know like I know what the moves are in movies like that where you like you got to show like them getting really emotional. Mm-hmm. So they stop and they take their glasses off and they sigh and wipe <laughs> and their brow this, and yeah. keep going. <laughs> Drink a little bit of water. Uh huh. Exactly. There's like no. He's just like he's so straight faced about it he's a good dad too yeah he's a great dad yeah the last um the, and by the way i mentioned batman uh i did see like the we watched the last half of batman on amc it just happened to be on tv so that happened also that's <laughs> but, true um, <laughs> at which point um it was right or it was uh right when he takes vicky to the bat cave for the yes. first time okay yeah well alfred does no no that's later no it's when he it's, oh, when, it's oh, after he oh, rescues so her like, and okay, drives her back you. to the Batcave. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great scene then. Yeah. No, that's a good scene. When Alfred's <laughs> like, hey, sir, I brought the woman by. He's like, hold on, Alfred. <laughs> we have, a, we need to rethink our our, uh, our situation here. <laughs> exactly. Um, the last movie uh, we watched uh, yesterday was Francis Ford Coppola's birthday. Obviously, you know, the master filmmaker, whatnot. Well, it's easy. On and I, we've watched the Godfather films together over the years for our own reasons. Um, <laughs> and um... <laughs> sounds interesting. Well, no, okay, I'll I'll explain. So when Aaron okay. and I first met, the first film we actually watched together was The Warriors, and then after that, like I think the the nineteen seventy nine whatever yeah. words, yeah, yes. the Walter Hills, The Warriors, uh, yes. the, yeah, perfect date movie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I think around Memorial Day, we started watching The Godfathers from then on out. Yeah, so every Memorial Day, we watched each godfather film that we since we've been together <laughs> okay and we okay. both haven't seen the con- well, i mean i haven't seen the conversation and i haven't seen it with aaron and given like he just explained giving his birthday everything coppola that's what he put in last night yeah so we watched the conversation um the film that he made the same year as godfather part two and is just as good if not better than the godfather films in my opinion <laughs> as well as apocalypse now because he made four masterpieces in the 70s it's just that's the kind of director <laughs> coppola was it's amazing that he was able to do all this but he did uh, the conversation with Gene Hackman. This I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, I think it's pretty brilliant. It's about Gene Hackman as an eavesdropper, a severe a surveillance ex like a contractor that people hire him to do surveillance. 
he's in San Francisco. He has to bug people. He bugs a certain couple that are having a conversation, a conversation. And the film's about him just kind of deciphering what the, what the conversation actually means Mm -hmm. and what will happen to these people were he to turn the, the the recordings of them in. Uh, Gene Hackman is absolutely terrific in this movie. It's what I, it's what he considered his favorite role. It's easily one of, one of the tops for him, in my opinion, along with like, I don't know, French Connection and Royal Tannenbaums. Like, he's just, like, utterly fantastic in this movie. You know what's cool about what you said about there? Yeah. It's just that those movies are, like, what, 30 years apart? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's like, Gene Hackman's just a good actor. No, it's just, it's just, there's so, you I mean, you look at greatest actors of all time, and Hackman has, he's, like, has to be up on that list, and along with, you know, some of these other greats. And, like, it's, I put him up there, too. Yeah. Like, it, the range, and also he can yeah. play, like, nice, and he can also play, like, really racist mean. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, wow, this guy's really good. And, um, you know, I mentioned how, like, Kill a Mockingbird, you can't make that movie today. You couldn't make this movie today, and I know exactly why, because when you make Conversation Again, it's Enemy of the State. Like, that, it's, that's, that's the movie. Um, because, which a lot of people... <laughs> which you know, also you, has Gene Hackman. No, well, you look at his character, and he's basically playing the same character, like, 30 years later, which I think is fascinating, but it also shows you just how you can't make the Conversation Again. It's a quiet, moody movie. Very atmospheric, very minimal. Where Enemy of the State's a Tony Scott blockbuster with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like it's doing the same kind of thing. It's just made in you know the world of a '90s action movie, which is what it would be now if you tried to make this movie again. But regardless, if you want to watch it, if you want to see Coppola in his prime directing Gene Hackman in his prime, which seemed to always go on, he's never not in his prime. It seems, but like if you and John Cazale's in this too. Um, Harrison Ford. Harrison Harrison Ford is a very creepy role in this movie, which is really awesome. Yeah, it's before he. It's '74, so it's right after American Graffiti. It's before Star Wars. Uh, it's him, and he's playing it just this like really creepy character that's kind of around. Uh, but no, just a fantastic, fantastic movie. And the score too. That great. Another jazz. yeah, David Shire's jazz score for this movie also great. So I'm gonna yeah. have to watch it again though. I fell asleep. Yeah, well, <laughs> I have no problems rewatching the conversations. So. But yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. Oh, and the last thing you watched last night was Sub Zero. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's right. Because Whoa. there was one last thing. Yeah, Batman, the animated <laughs> series. Last year they released Mask of the Phantasm on Blu-ray for the first time. This past week they released the Batman Sub-Zero, the Mr. Batman and yeah. Mr. Freeze movie, mm-hmm. which I had not seen before, actually. Uh, I've, I'm a huge animated series fan, but somehow I never actually saw that like that movie. Um, and it's fine. Like It's not as good as the, the that so first episode of Mr. Mm-hmm. Freeze, but it's still... Oh, okay. It's a... All of Mr. Freeze, I mean, they certainly treat him with a level of respect just because of his kind of the tragic... The first episode of Mr. Freeze is so good that it won them an Emmy. Yeah, the Emmy-winning Heart... It's like yeah. heart, um, heart of Heart of heart Ice. Heart of Ice? Yeah, Heart yeah. of Ice. Which uh, is... Which I, I've watched... Uh, I watched that like within the past two years. Still good. Still oh, makes yeah, me kind of like tingy, tingy sad. It's a, it's it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I watched, we watched mm-hmm. Sub-Zero last night as well. <laughs> uh, all right, that's on Equities. Do you have- we're going to get to our main review now for A Quiet Place. Who are we? We can't protect them. We have to protect them.
That should have been some of the trailer for A Quiet Place. John Krasinski co-wrote, directs, and stars in A Quiet Place, featuring himself and his wife, Emily Blunt, as husband and wife, father to a couple of children played by Millicent Simmons and Noah Jupe. The family lives a few years in the future on an Earth where the planet has been overrun by aliens attracted to sound. They are blind, predatory beings that hunt what they hear. Despite the best efforts to survive, the family is about to have a series of battles to preserve both their family and their lives. Abe, what did you think of A Quiet Place? I think it's okay. And I think there are some strong parts uh, that that I'm sure we'll get into, but I think that there's some weak parts too. Last week you had this, this question of ready player one where you're like, you know, I have questions about how this world works and I have questions too. I have questions about how, how this world works in a quiet place. Not because I need to know, well, what happened to the earth or how did these aliens get here? Or, you know, where are all the other families more just like, I am curious as to how they, there, there are some living elements in which John Krasinski <laughs> takes his son and teaches him how to like live in the wild, and and I'm just like, wait a minute, why don't they just, uh, you know, live somewhere where John Krasinski takes his son to go hunt? And so there, there's, it, basically what I'm saying is there's some silliness in the movie that I think is is written to the script that I don't think that they meant to be silly. But it, to me, I'm perceiving it as such because they don't have a lot of exposition, which is I think is great. And so they have to show it somehow, right? And by showing it somehow, they've got to give you newspaper clippings with some very broad headlines and telling you how how the aliens work, which I found funny. And then they also have a whiteboard that John Krasinski has with these really basic questions that are just written – by like by like something that you that I feel you would write when you have no no real like plot to go with uh, and when I'm talking about the movie I'm talking about like in person you're trying to solve a problem and it's like a Simpsons episode or like some weird comedy episode of, of something where in underlined quotes like twice you write what is the weakness question mark question mark it's like you know I, I know that's not intentionally funny but it's it's funny to me and there's a lot of weird things that happen throughout the movie. We're talking more for the characters that are just uh, – is it MacGuffins or is it red herrings? Which one is it where it's like it's red, just there? Red, red herrings are things that you think might be the actual answer, but they're just trying to throw you off. Magu- uh-huh. MacGuffins just like an item that everybody wants. It doesn't matter what okay. it is. Okay, so it's not either or. It's just more just like these – these things that happened that shouldn't have happened, and it's more just when Emily Blunt is doing some laundry, and why does she go against the pole when she could easily just take a half step down and yeah, get that's, out of That's it. just nitpicking. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. But on the whole, for for the uh, plot itself, I think the plot is really interesting. I think it's fun. I watched it with like a packed audience, which I wasn't expecting because it was like a 1045 show. Were they quiet? They, for the most part, yeah, but there was one dude in the beginning where he's like, oh, I don't like this, which is after the cold opening. And I was like, I hope that he doesn't say anything else because <laughs> I will stand up and shout at this person, even though it's a quiet movie. <laughs> the conceit of the movie of it having to be super quiet is cool, and I think that it's um, it's something that you haven't really seen a whole lot of. I think that you have seen uh, extraterrestrials with deficiencies before, but I don't know about for sound, so – 
or maybe not deficiencies, but super oral sounds. Well, even just you know? the nature of a horror movie. I mean, you, you ideally you set, you set up scare scenarios where you want to thing have things be quiet, so when something happens, it's like you know alarming. And this is a movie that's designed right. entirely around that concept. Very much so. Yeah, there's, there's some jump scares here, which I thought were a little bit cheap, but at the same time, yep. it, it is what it is. <laughs> Definitely, right? there are a you lot know? of cheap and, jump scares in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I basically expected it. Um, and Aaron knows that I I'm not a huge horror movie fan, but mm-hmm. I know enough about the steps of what I'm supposed to be getting um, to not be scared of it. So for this one, that's fine. Um, I think that the alien creatures, I think that was pretty cool. Um, Not in the way that they, uh, not like everything about them is cool, but the way that the story builds onto them is cool because you see a flash in the beginning and you kind of see like glimpses here and there. So you're not really sure what the creature design is. And then when you see the creature design, you're like, hey, that's kind of a pretty spooky-looking uh, yeah, creature design. It does its job. So, yeah. uh, I just didn't like that there was such a there's a strange payoff at the end, which uh, I think feels a little bit funky. But for the most part, it's fine. Anna has not seen the movie, so you can, chi- you can chime in whenever you want. Okay, well, the reason why I giggled is because you'll hear Aaron's second line of notes. He just, when I, I don't see his notes beforehand, so <laughs> this line just made me giggle. And yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but I do have questions. Okay. Well, so okay. I'll, well. I'll let Aaron do his review, and then I'll jump in with questions. I so, I, I mean, I wanted this to be kind of a minimal show this week, just for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I would, to talk about this movie... I would like to. I would have liked to have someone that's seen it and is one of the many, many people that think it's one of the best movies of the year because I've seen that a lot from both, from from every, from like from critics from you know yeah 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 from friends, from friends that people that have been I, on this I podcast. I am like waiting with bated breath right now because uh, I like I like Brandon Peters is a friend of the show but always on the show you know he's he's a huge fan of this movie um, and he's a big horror fan especially so yeah. it's like I I want it I'd love to hear more from what makes it so big. Um, in their eyes, because I like this movie. I don't love this movie. I'm with you, Abe. I, um, I am so because I thought that I was gonna be. I thought we were gonna have a fight today. <laughs> no, I, 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 I like, like. Oh wow! Surprise! I like this movie well enough. I should note. We do have similar tastes. <laughs> I should note that. Um, not that this is a huge deal, but I did see this movie. Um, before Easter. Um, I've, yeah. I, I saw it. You know, well in advance, so I'm not. My opinion isn't kind of slighted by anything that's happened. It's more of this is what I've walked away with, and I've continued to have the same thoughts on it. But just to make that you know kind of clear, um, regardless of whatever nightmare scenarios that have happened around this. But no, I think the movie's fine. I think it's well made. It's efficiently handled. It's 90 minutes. Like it gets in and out of there, um, and doesn't it doesn't really leave any time to drag. What gets me are yeah, I do like. I feel like when you talk about nitpicking things or like going into certain details on things, I think the thing to consider is, well, why am I doing that to begin with? And generally that means because the movie's not engaging me enough to have me not think, not not ponder on certain questions. So it's not a matter of not being fair to the film. It's just, well, if the movie's not working to the highest degree possible, then clearly my mind is going to wander somewhere else since that's what's happened where I have some questions and there are some like goofy bits. I mean, you mentioned some things that are hit. You know, hinted at the, the my favorite was the newspaper that says it's sound on it, yeah. which is like, I, yeah, I, I and like I get what the tool I get how that's a tool to you know, get around having dialogue or whatnot to straight up explain what's happening, even for people that have already seen the trailers that know what's happening to a degree. But like, there's there's little things like that. It's like, okay, I I get what you're doing, but as far as like a 
I've been trying. I've been trying to think of why I had why I didn't respond to this movie in the way that so many have, as far as thinking it's just this amazing horror work. I think Krasinski's yeah. done a very good job at directing, like as far as putting together, an, like I said, an efficient film. Um, and he has Emily Blunt. I mean, he's really, done it before. He's, he's, well, he's made films before, but they haven't got yeah, high he's regard. He's directed before. He's directed before. I mean, this is. I haven't seen his other movies, but this is the one that's clearly gotten the most high, you know, critical regard and just biggest mm-hmm. audience response so far. But like. I think the what he has going for it is Emily Blunt is very good in this movie. The kids are very Noah Jupe and Millicent Simmons. They're both very good in this movie. Um, Krasinski, I think, is kind of the weak link as far as acting goes in this movie. And it's mainly really? well, it's mainly because he has a big goofy nose. That and, and that's I, his note right there. Despite where, Krasinski's where big goofy nose. <laughs> yeah, I have this He's in my notes. He's a big man. He's 6'4". No, but like he has. It's in a way where. I have a movie that I'm, I'm dependent on facial reactions from people because they can't speak for the most part. And yeah. so watching, you know, watching Krasinski strain his eyebrows as his big goofy nose is in my face, it just kind of sticks out to me. It's not his fault. It's he, just it's not. But like, as, but, it's you know, just the way he looks. You no, know, yeah. But uh, what I'm what I'm trying to say, what I'm what I'm getting to is that you know, an actor uses you know their face is just as much as well, a, especially you know, for especially for this movie. Yes, right? your face is just as much of a tool as anything else you have at your disposal, whether you're talking or what have. You. So seeing an actor like John Krasinski, who's generally known more for comedy and whatnot, you know, seeing him, you know, 13... Although his, his directed movies are very dramatic. I think he's only directed like one of the... Well, The Hollers is, like... is like a comedy yeah, yeah, drama. That... Like that was a comedy yeah. drama. That was, that was Okay. Good. But like, but, you know, 13 hours, what have you. But like, here's a movie where he's reliant entirely on his face. And the, the things I know Krasinski's face for are making reactions in The Office, which are comedic. So seeing him suddenly be in this horror movie where he has to like strain his eyebrows and like shake his face at you and his big nose is right there because he can't talk it does stick out to me where it's like well it's kind of hard to take you seriously which is the thing i think you run into more abe generally where you 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 can't seem to you know separate actors from certain things or what you know them from like that's something Uh, you certainly brought up i I do have problems with that just especially i I can't think of a a, a great concrete example right now but i i have been known to run into issues where it's like oh well you know that guy He's always the bad guy, or I can't really see him other than, like, for the longest time, I couldn't see, um, who's the guy in Walking Dead, and also, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. No, no, no. Michael Rooker? Yeah, Michael Michael Rooker. It's like, for the longest time, I couldn't see him as, like, some jerk, because I had seen him first in, uh, Days of Thunder. Because I was going to say, Michael Rooker, I generally know as a jerk type guy. <laughs> like that's that's his. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, yeah, that is. But it's like, oh, this guy is like, uh, this guy is like I mean, such he, a, a flip. He's Henry. Por- he's Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. That's his first movie to me, and that that's his, his first movie. And he's a that's serial really, killer, really so it's like it's hard. hard. Yeah, it's. I'm I'm very happy that he's somehow you know gone away from being that menacing throughout his career. Regardless, anyway. And that's, I mean, that's a small point about Krasinski. It's just sure. more of, I look at him and it's like, he's just shaking his big nose at me. And it's kind of, it's just kind of made me chuckle every time he's I'm trying to take him seriously. The, uh, the, the, the main thing though, I think that I, that I think make, made it not like work, not, not work, but not like work for me in like a higher level is just, there's a, this, I do like that the second half of this movie goes on is basically the whole movie at that point. Like it's like the, there's an establishment of what's going on. And yeah. then it's basically one really long night. Like that's 
a big majority of this movie. Which I liked. Which is which was neat because I didn't see that coming. So it is pretty unrelenting intention, like because it's like, oh, this is still going. This is going to keep going now. So it's one day, one night. Not necessarily, but like the majority of the action in this movie that mm-hmm. involves how this family survives these monsters takes Happens place in, one in like one day. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's it's it's creative as far as not knowing that going into this movie, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is going to keep. Okay, we're not. Like, they're not going to go asleep and wake up the next day and, like, okay, now we're doing a new day. It's like, this is happening now. Now, the problem I have with that is that means you have to make entire arcs around characters that happen within a day. Yeah, and it's so there's a, lo- there's a lot of things established. I mean, you see, a, you have a cold open that gives you an idea of what's going on, but, like, you have you have certain characters see things or communicate to each other about, like, like you need to do this or whatnot, and then that needs to be followed up by the end of this movie. Um, yeah, because there's no other time to do it, and it just there's a convenience factor. Especially, and there's I mean, there's one thing involving Emily Blunt's character, especially. Um, I mean, she's yeah. the state the I, state I kinda, of her character. You, you call it convenience, I call it just rushed because it happens to more than just Emily Blunt. It happens to everybody in this movie. No, everybody has a kind of, kind of an arc. So this movie, it has elements like that where it's like, okay, within one night, certain characters see a thing that happens at one point, and then that thing kind of comes back again later on. Like so there's there's stuff like that where it's like, okay. I I get what you're doing. It's it's as a piece of as a work of horror, it's effective. Uh, but as far as like seeing these characters and like seeing the journey they go on in a limited amount of time, yeah. it's like that's a lot to take in. And then I think about it even further. It's like this is the 400th day or whatever that they've been. It's like it's this ridiculous. one this one night was like the worst night. How did they? St- but like all I, these that's things exactly happen. Like, like this family how, has the worst fucking luck. It was like, well, how could, the, how the could they have possibly had. survived this long if just one night has all of these things happen? <laughs> so yeah. it's 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 something like that where it's and I can I mean I could I can say a lot of these thoughts are more on the drive home. I'm thinking about these as opposed to in the moment. I had them in the theater. Now in the theater, I had some of them, but not all of them. Yeah. So I and um. So it's like I can appreciate the level of tension that it does create and what it does build. There's a, there's a couple great horror set pieces. One involving a um, a, a, a silo. Um, yeah, yeah. The kids the getting trapped silo. in a silo, and there's another one involving a basement and flooding. And flooding, yes. Yeah, that one's, that one's the other one there's that some, I, I there's, liked. There's some great surprises where the monsters kind of appear and whatnot. And I'll let that go along with the very cheap jump scares that I got pretty annoyed well, with after a while. I, mean, I want to go back to the point you had earlier about the facial expressions because I think this movie relies heavily on that. And I think that there's a lot of uh, – I was listening to Gimmer the Toro a few weeks back, and he he always mentions that he always looks for actors as eyes. I am the opposite of you. I think that Krasinski and Blunt actually do a, a much better job than the kids do. And then I was trying to figure out where that that young their son was from. Nice. And Wonder like, and Suburbicon, yeah. Suburbicon, yeah. And I was like, where is this kid from? Because I've seen his his scared face before, and it was Suburbicon. Oh, Suburbicon would be his scared face, yeah. Wonder yeah, is his like, oh my god, face. <laughs> he's also in Wonder. He's in oh, Wonder. No, no, yeah, no, no, he's no. his best friend in Wonder. I, I was thinking of Wonder Struck, and I was like, oh, they're both the kids are in the same movie, but Wonder, which is the. Uh, Owen Wilson movie and Wonderstruck is the one that <laughs> I, don't think anyone, I don't think anyone would call it the Owen Wilson movie but sure yes he's sure. in it <laughs> yeah I couldn't remember the, the name of the young kid um, but yeah anyway so I'm actually the opposite because uh, I think the kids are just scared facing all the time um, I just, and, I think Millicent Simmons is really good in this movie I, I think she does a great I, job I think she's, she's good because of what physically is 
she has to do or, or the physical limitations of her character are good. But I, I like what you're also saying. The character arcs move too quickly for me to even care about why any of this matters. You've seen some uh, some scene in in uh, in the trailers involving a rocket ship, and that scene is is kind of just like a it, it's supposed to play heavily, meaning like the the yeah, aftermath of, it of the rest of their heavily. lives. Yes, yeah, right. And and to me, I was just I I wasn't as affected by these questions that that the the sisters and brothers have. I I wasn't affected by. John Krasinski having to um, explain himself in in a desperate moment kind of thing, and the reason why is because it's it's kind of just how how do I describe this? It's very it's very like it's the path that I was expecting, and that's the, the reason why it does it takes away from the movie for me. Sure, it's cool to have these aliens that actually that's aliens not an human thing takes, though that doesn't that doesn't reflect it's the a script thing. It's a script thing. I'm actually looking at the IMDb. And I was like, why would you even give these guys names? Like, well, I, saw, I was waiting for the credits. I was cu- when the credits came up. I was curious if they were gonna have. If it was just gonna say like mom and dad and son yeah. and daughter. It's like, oh, they have names and last names. I was like, why do you even need this? Because I know that it's based off of. Is it based off of a book? No. Or it's not. No. It's just a ri- original script. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's an original script. Why even give them full names? <laughs> so there's a lot of weird things in this movie that I just think fall into the tropes you mentioned a lot of the jump scares they really ratchet up the sound design on those jump scares and it, it really bothered me because i was like wait a minute you're kind of going for like the cheap scares here not in terms of of cheap jump scares but you've just really done it on such a level where it's like okay you know that's a lot louder than it has to be yes i did jump when they're playing monopoly and the kid tips over the lantern because the sound was up to like level two thousand. Oh yeah, and it's done on purpose. And I that there's stuff where <laughs> stuff like that. It's a mixed bag for me. Where like I like what it's doing for the most part, but it's like yeah, when it is like a bird flies by or something, or like a you know, it, or like a, there's like some animals uh, that like pop in. And it's like okay, that's just a cheap jump scare. And it's like yeah, that does get to me. But it yeah. does, but it does add to the film's whole atmosphere of yes, because the world is so quiet everything's going to cause some sense of alarm which is which makes a level of sense for those characters because they're not hearing anything so if they hear something they're naturally going to be be scared like the audience would be scared yeah that makes sense i don't disagree i thought i weighed that out too you know in terms of like okay well you know the whole entire thing is the movie is quiet right and the world is quiet so it's it's a really cool use of sound design to make it louder Mm -hmm. um the other thing I was thinking was like, but I also to, to add, I right. because because Millicent Simmons' character and the actress herself, they're she's deaf, so the movie does a the movie does a clever thing of reducing all all of, drowning all of the sound out right. entirely whenever it focuses exclusively on her. Like there's there's things like that I do admire. I think there's some good work there as far as yeah, that. It, and I like a, that the movie a has part. a score. I like that the movie's not completely silent. Like there is a score in the film. Yeah, Marco Beltrami does a, does a score for the movie. It there's it plays into a number of moments. Like it's not. It's not, it's not, the movie's not trying to be like this, you know, like indie experimental piece of like, no, what no, if we did a thing like that. this? It yeah, very much it's feels, not, it's it feels not a ghost like, story. No, it feels like a studio film and it does have a score to make it uh, further help it yeah. make it feel like a studio movie. But the world is just the, the place where I get confused. And the reason why is um, not just the newspaper clippings, which I do want to get into, and John Krasinski's like basement board, which nobody can enter. But, um, it's just more that they you're introducing them on day 89. They're at a grocery store which still seemingly has stocks of stuff. 
Yeah. Meaning, like, there's still, like, medicine. There's still, like, some food supplies. And I was like, shouldn't this stuff have been raided? Or, well, I don't I know. I mean, if you have monsters roaming around based off sound and people are running around stores, probably killed all those people before they had a chance no, no, to no, raid it. No, no, I agree it. with you. I agree with you. But, you know, in the early days of it. The other part is... is no, I'm just saying in the early days. I mean, in the early... I don't, we don't know enough no, details to know how it would have worked exactly. And, and I... Yeah, and I agree with your point of just, like, well, maybe the aliens killed them all before they could reach it, so... Or not, because, yeah. like, Aaron had mentioned to me that in scenes there's like where fire is lit so yeah. you're talking about like people coming into the um oasis going to the, the stores to get supplies or whatnot so what's the deal with the fires like is it i just... think signal that they're still alive at the at their respective locations right yeah just to kind of establish that there's other people living also in this so why solitude. don't they come together i like, thought about that too and then i thought well maybe it's too loud well yeah what are they gonna do talk no <laughs> well okay with that too since it's a it's um basically based a family does sign language right mm -hmm. yeah. so does like you don't see anyone else in the film right just the family you see like some people that they cross you, by you see yeah. them in the trailer do they all um communicate by sign language no Okay. No, so it's I, I think thing. that's what that's what that, that's why this one works is because they have a deaf daughter, yeah, which daughter, is the, so they already knew sign which, language. Yeah, which is the physical limitation I was talking about earlier. Right. Because um, I was wondering, like, does like everyone now in the world have to go back to like learning sign language? That's the way they communicate. Then. Yeah, unfortunately, you don't get a glimpse of other people in the movie and how they communicate. So I'm I'm willing to guess that they either develop some sort of hand communication mm -hmm. um or just but, you know write stuff down all the time that's true yeah right. i mean you could do that too but uh, the but other I thing thought, though like with the fire though like it's just strictly just to let just, people know you're yeah, still alive it's some kind of system they've established that like they, these are things that are like okay so where's that, the government well so, they're probably so that I mean, yeah go ahead so this is the <laughs> this is the and uh, now these are things that don't take away from the move this is more just questions i have about the movie's world after the fact not the kind of yeah. movie itself but i do wonder based off where things go, and I do think the movie has a pretty satisfying ending, by the way. I think it ends on a kind of a, yeah, moment. Um, yeah, I, I think but, so, too. But I also wonder, there's a solution to an issue, and I think we're 400 days in, there's a whole world out there, no one else came up with this solution? <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of a... Yeah. Now I'm my I guess my main concern or my main thought on that is okay it's just this is it just this area is the rest of the world right. fine because they've already come to it but at the same time I feel like the world would be scoured with ways to solve their issue if that was the if they already right. figured out the issue yeah Dude, so, so you I don't mean, get a glimpse of anywhere else in the world we follow Krasinski's no. family we follow the, it's the only Abbots is it the Abbots yeah. Yeah, we follow the it's Abbots. the Abbots yeah. which again I'm just gonna call them father mother yeah. or yeah. son Quiet family and, yeah. <laughs> The white like, family, yeah, yeah. yeah John Quiet, <laughs> <laughs> Emily Quiet. It's like <laughs> the movie doesn't base around the rest of the world. And so my question too was like, so there's a lot of films that has to do with like alien invasion, and there's some films that kind of dig into why the aliens are here and whatnot. So does this film dive into why these aliens are here, and does it no. matter to the audience? It, it, no, you get. I don't think you it get, matters to the audience either. No, you, I think you get it's enough. Just like, you get enough. Just to, you get enough to fill you in on the fact that they arrived. Bad things happened. This is where we are now. Okay, so like, it shouldn't yeah, be so, a concern for the audience. Like, no, they're sitting there. It's like... not going to be a concern. I mean, like, okay. this yeah. is. I, I want to get into some of my nitpicks because this is. These are. Uh, like what Aaron said, the reason why I started nitpicking is because the movie doesn't engage me enough to be like, oh, well, you got to pay attention to what's going to happen in this character because you really care about this character. Or you have to pay attention to the plot because something's going to be revealed. It's just that 
it just hits it by the tropes and and so i'm paying attention like i do i usually don't do that until maybe the second or third viewing of a movie mm-hmm. where you start looking at you know the background and really reading these things but the movie opens up with you seeing the cold open sure but uh which aaron and i which we talked about you two on a just on our pre-trailer talk about what could have happened with the spaceship right but um in any case, it opens up with, with these newspaper clippings, like what Aaron said, like the New York Post in big, bold letters. It's sound! And no, like that, that does seem like the New York Post, for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I kept on wondering why they chose the New York Post, but I was like, maybe they could only get the rights to the New York Post. No, the New York Post is supposed to have a headline that says, it's sound. <laughs> it's sound! Yeah, and there's other, other newspaper headlines of be hunted or don't be hunted, like keep uh, whatever. It's all about the way that the aliens work and... Another so thing I had was of the aliens. Well, it was the uh, last printings. Were... <laughs> exactly, yeah. Okay, and Krasinski apparently just like loves to to put all of them up on on a board, okay. uh, just to remind him that it's sound. Well, he has like a little bunker where he's he's he like goes on his he goes on the radio to try to check different channels every day to see if the rest of the yeah. world can respond to him. He has it's a chart very, that has uh, like he has a chart that lists all the descriptions of the aliens and what the pro- what the weaknesses could be, right? What the, what the things not to do are. It's just a lot of yeah. it's like a visual ex- it's visual exposition. Right. Okay. So for, like, the, for the audience to gather more yeah. information, so can, like, exactly, they, yeah. as, as you can tell from like his character, he's supposed to be not like an inventor, but he's like he's a he's handy. Like he's, he's trying handy. he's trying exactly. to create like a a, um, uh, a hearing aid for his daughter. Um, he, right. he he has all these monitors. He has the cochlear set, like, implant that yeah, she's an had ocular implant, probably yes. He has and a so, um, he has a, he has a whole security system set up so he can monitor around the farm that they live on and everything. Like and he's are they always barefoot? <laughs> they are. They're barefoot. They are. Yes, they are. Because in the trailer, it's like they're going to the woods or whatever, and the rock and everything. And it's like you see their feet, and it's like, why is that a thing? Like, why was it a choice? Like, well, they, I know, like they're, shoes. They're barefoot, and they lay down sand everywhere, so you can't. Yeah. Make, so they're so they, it's even more muffled. Yes, yeah, so yeah. they make no sound when they travel. Yeah. That's, okay. that's but here, the here's reason. like another like, nitpick that I had. Sound, yeah. Can I jump in real quick? Because this is because sure. I know from the trailer, it looks like. She's gonna give birth to a child in a tub or something, right? So it's like, how does she have another child and be quiet with bearing a child? Well, to watch the movie on it. That's that's the movie. And how? Yeah. Does the ch- <laughs> there's a there, there's there's a there's they have a, they have an interesting way have, of doing it. How did the baby not cry? They they're the movie's they're, clever they're, about. I'll say this: the movie is very clever about how they handle the fact that Emily Blunt's pregnant. They they do a very good job yes. to make that work. Like it's like that's my question. It's just like how do you go into a world that's supposed to be quiet and then like a baby oh, or as far as as far as the make... decision to have another child. Yeah, that's exactly one, what I was thinking that, too. That's that's one where it's like I don't I don't. What, think... what do you now, like, I get that you guys have to have some like some some animal instincts, but you know. Well, also there's the grieving process of this world? there is a grieving process that I'm sure had to take place, and that's one of the, that's the that's a solution that happened or what have you. But these are things that those don't concern the movie. Like it doesn't, the, like, but it, it's 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 an obstacle that comes up in the movie that they I, deal with, and I like how they deal with that obstacle as far as how what they what sure. their plans are for said child yeah. and how they hand the, yeah. handle the well, arrival. Well, how do they silent the child? Because that's just so there's, awesome. they, they, again they do a very. There's a good way they handle it. Yeah, they handle it. Yeah, they, they handle, handle it. it. They handle it. They jump it's like in or down the line, kind of in, in a different episode, kind of thing. But they do handle it. There was some questions of just like open flames and a gas, but I let that go. Uh, and then the biggest question I have is: there's a part where you see raccoons, uh-huh. and I was like, 
Shouldn't all these animals be dead already? Well, those seem like the last raccoons. I mean, it's not like you, it's not like you saw more. <laughs> like, yeah, but but you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like I think all the animals would be dead in this world. Well, and, I think the, the movie. I mean, there are birds. Like that's it. Really, that's the thing is like that's, I was like, why are there birds? Well, how would they get birds? Or should it be symbolic in any way? The They're birds up in the air. They're not going to get... And if they got birds... They got the other... I mean, we only see one shot of birds, really. Like, if they got birds, they got the other ones. <laughs> Are the Bird. raccoons supposed to be symbolic in any way? No. Just from what you think. No. So let me... Let me just... Okay. Let me get to more of the movie and why it ultimately is fine to me and not better. I, I What I... Because I think as far as a a piece of horror filmmaking, it's very efficiently done. It's well made and what have you where I think it lacks as far as sticking up higher, in addition to whatever nitpicks I have, which are negligible, something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which we talk about a lot, or even Get Out from last year, they have things going on in the back. There's there's subtext there. There's something that I, I you can take away things about Vietnam with Texas Chainsaw. You can obviously take away all kinds of racial racial ideas going on and Get Out. There's nothing in a quiet place. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, there's nothing here that like speaks to a, to some kind of greater, greater purpose of this movie existing right. beyond the fact yeah. that it's a great, a great horror ex- exercise. Um, that doesn't make it a bad movie by any means, but it's like, I, I, yeah. As far as my myself personally walking out of it, I'm, I'm the, the main thought I have is like that's a good, you know, that's a solid three star horror movie. I liked what I saw. It was well made. Does it do much else for me beyond give me a you know a, kind of a, 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 a tense experience? No, it doesn't. But that's fine because that's what I walked in to get, and that's what I got. Because I'm tight. Sorry. It's fine. Uh, again, not that I need like it to be like this great commentary on the age that we're living in, but it's like right. well, it's, it's not yeah. really doing that either. So it's like no. what's left here? It's like okay, it's just a yeah. good horror movie. That's that's all it ha- that's yeah, all it has that- to be. But like that's. Yeah, and I'm basically with there with you, right? It's just that I there's no giant theme here of like, okay, well, you know, if maybe we didn't waste all the that time making TVs, we could have lived a, a much uh, better life, and the aliens would never have showed up. There's no, there's nothing like that. Again, it's literally like you're dropped in the middle of a story of this fa- this family. So it's only in this family within. I think that they're located like where? Like, they're in upstate New York. Yeah, upstate New York. So. That's all that you can get, and that's all that you will get from this movie, um, unless you decide to, you know, ask John Krasinski what he thought, you know, the rest of the world looked like. But for the most part, that's that's fine, and that's the world that I'm that I'm resolved to live in. So it's fun, it's funny questions. though because we we talk like we go back to our poll. Signs is a movie that does go around the world. It doesn't. I mean, we focus on Mel Gibson's family, but it does. Yeah. It, it, it does include what's going on in the rest of the world. It shows us footage from mm-hmm. Mexico, which is one of the most terrifying scenes right, of that which movie. Right, which is which uh, is the spooky it, scene. Yeah, the, yeah. It shows us like where these aliens were like this. This the signs are happening and alien mm-hmm. ships are appearing and stuff like that. War of the Worlds, on the other hand, doesn't. That is very much a. T- it's focused That's entirely fun. on Tom Cruise, and his, you yeah. know, there's not a scene without him. It's entirely focused on him. Now, with that said, War of the Worlds is as I mentioned, it has a lot of 9/11 imagery and a lot of a lot of parables to what was going on then, and so right. it's like so that is a movie that was able to be you know a contained horror experience, but still has some very specific things going on as far as its messaging. Now, A Quiet Place again doesn't need to be that movie, but I am saying it's possible, and like you mentioned, like you possible, you, it is possible, and you just mentioned something like you know seeing the outside world. This is not, I, you know, I'm not one to say like this is what the movie should have done, but you could, you could, I mean, for a world that's suddenly robbed of speech and robbed mm-hmm. of communication, 
there's some interesting themes you can explore with that as far as far as like you know not being able to use cell phones anymore or not being able to communicate to people or whatnot there's some things that you can play with i'd imagine with a screenplay that has some ideas that lean on that kind of thing on social media for sure have you uh, again, I mean, the movie doesn't need I, to be that, and I like that it it's just—I like that it's just ninety minutes straight, and you're out. And like, that's, that's just the choice from the screenplay. It is, and that's not a fault of the movie. I'm yeah, just saying it's, there it's are ninety minutes short, and you're out. But there's ninety minutes. It's just there's a lot of just dumb stuff that happens, or stuff that you're just like I. It, it, it just takes away from it. I do want to ask you about the creature design. I wouldn't say the design is like it's not you know it's not alien it's not geiger it's not like some it's not predator it's not some like you know one of the aliens that's going to go down in history for me as far as its creature design goes but i liked what i saw in the moment that i saw it it doesn't play it's it's not it wasn't jaws which i was expecting a little bit more of as far as not seeing it for a long time like it gives you a pretty good up close view of it fairly early on and then continues down that rabbit hole as far as seeing how it works and what have you um but I said that you didn't really get a clear shot of it early on. Not early, but I mean, you got enough where it's like, okay, I get like you, you know what you're dealing with. Like Jaws, you don't see Jaws until like mm-hmm. you know for like an hour and twenty minutes into the movie. Like as far, I mean, I know it's a shark, I, but like yeah, you don't was, see yeah, it. Yeah, you say, but you know it's a shark. But you, but you don't you don't see it at all. Like you see it under the like you just see it's so yeah, like, you see it spin. Which was I mean obviously that was divi- decide, decided by efficiency and what works best for the film being made. It's not shark not working and whatnot. Like it, it was a yeah. mistake that made the most sense this is like they but, don't ha- but yeah no they don't yes they don't show you it entirely but when I, they I, once yeah, they exactly. do it's like okay that's a, that's a pretty neat design it's all cg it's a neat design i think the way that they the I, I wasn't sure if it was practical or if they just did really good cg effects uh uh but it looked like no it's all cg you can it's a, that's a is CG. it okay because yeah, i was like monster. that's some that's some pretty like not obviously the parts where things are moving and whatever else that that's cg but i was curious if there was like you know when it's just like stalking whether that was um, made because I was like, oh, that actually looks pretty cool. It looks pretty good. I mean, I, there, I mean, there's some trickery, yeah. Maybe some of the wide, like further away shots or whatnot, because you just have to make make things move around it essentially. Yeah. So. Does it say like you said it was in, based in New York? It's like it upstate it's like New York. New York. Yeah. It's, up, it's, like, it's, it's, it's 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 next to Bradley Whitford's place at in Get Out. I'm trying to think too. Like I talked about, like the government. Like, do they come in? Like the military was the military is a military base because like. Wouldn't you just get like grenades and like start blowing this thing up? No, well, they're, no, they're, it's 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 super. Armed, they're, they're, they have, they're like hard shit. They they have sh- they're very. They established why they're like yeah, pretty you, much you impenetrable. See it, you see it in the column that John Krasinski writes for everybody to read. Armored. Yeah, armored. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, okay, oh. they're armored and they have giant. They're like they're talons. They can rip out of anything. What? So the talons were a cool part, but because yeah, I'm thinking just, like usually you know you bring in the military too and like just start blowing up this thing as possible, right? They did Independence it. Day, and uh, it didn't work out. I mean, the best I could or think. Or nuke is, it. Yeah. It, Unfortunately, they did it to ended up nuking a town. I did like that they had like abilities beyond uh-huh. the sound thing it's like whenever they're around they disturbed electronic equipment around them like i thought that yeah. was pretty neat like those but yeah no the, 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 no the, the, i think it's, yeah, it, you're bringing up so many nip- like you you mentioned that and like i just it, it flashed in my mind it's like you know you don't have to wear the the earpiece the whole time daughter <laughs> you know what i mean like it's one of those things where it's like just it, it just bothered me they're the all the nitpicks anyway we should, we can wrap things up. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a good horror movie. I, I hate that we're, it's, it's like I, me and you are like the two that are not like one over in the same way as every it's weird, single person. Again, I thought that you were gonna really like it, and and I was like, oh, Aaron's probably gonna think this is, this is pretty good. And I was like, I'm gonna have to 
battle up and, and prove him wrong here. But I agree with you that it's just it's efficient with its time. It's just that there's I I don't know why a lot of people are saying that this is one of the best horror movies ever. And I was kind of surprised by that. Um, Not ever, but just like of like the year or favorite movie, that kind of thing. It's very. But again, you brought up Get Out, which I didn't think about. Not in terms of them being stylistically the same, just more of like it's a horror movie that is different. And it's also pretty efficient in its time. And I was like, that's a much better movie it, than this one is. It is, but also I can understand there's a crowd pleasing element to this movie for sure. And I think that also that's... why is it like they have like really nice clothing. Like it seems like they they shop from like the LL Bean catalog still. These are nitpicks, man. <laughs> anyway, but no, I I do think it's good. I think it's worth checking out for sure. I would I would say I would no I would say see it in a theater. Like it's a good you would a, yeah it's a good movie to see in a theater. It's I mean the sound design alone is what what makes that worth it right there as far as how it's trying to be how how it works yeah. as a horror movie with a, especially with an audience that's into it uh, and. And it, you know, it, it works for what it's doing for me. I think like it's I, a Blu-ray rental. It's is blu- it? How, you're down to a Blu-ray on this? Really? Okay, it's so... Higher, it's higher... It, wait, wait, is that higher than Netflix? I don't get that. Blu-ray rental. Essentially, it's below dollar a theater. You're saying not seeing it in a theater, which already says that's that strikes me as low. Because I think this is a movie that I'd want to watch... It's not a good a, movie. It's a movie that I'd want, want to watch on a big screen. I don't think that you need to. I think that you're, you're right about the audience part. That's fun. But at the same time, like, my audience is pretty quiet, so I didn't really add a whole lot to it, and I would be annoyed if they... I'm not talking about the started. audience. I'm talking about watching this movie on a big screen. It's like, yeah, I like being engulfed by this whole world on a giant screen in front of me. It'll work on the small screen that. also. I'm not saying it doesn't do that. Especially yeah, I was like, I don't think you need TV. a big screen. Hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's below dollar a theater. It's a rental for, for you. Essentially, yeah, or whenever, whenever it comes out to... It, like, see it on the best possible format... That is not on the screen. Is my is my rating for okay. this movie? <laughs> Whether that's like your ultra HD 55 inch or 75 inch TV at home, that's where you should see it. You yeah. don't have to go to the theater to see this. Okay. How about you? Oh, I think it's worth a big screen watch. I think it it, it it really it plays well to yes an audience as well as just to that format of seeing something like this, seeing a a studio produced horror movie that's not you know like an indie horror flick, like one that like has big effects and you know stars and what have you and plays around with the sound and does a lot of things effectively for a horror movie if i want to see a horror movie in a theater this is a good example of one to see mm-hmm. so yeah well given your discussion i don't watch horror films as well so i'm like with abe but i can do thrillers like you like 10 cloverfield seems... lane a lot yes yeah, so... there's a lot of you can there's not exactly the same movie but there's similar things involving like the use of sound in that movie is very similar to this one mm-hmm. that movie has a lot of sound things going on I'm kind of feeling maybe it is like a rental, given your discussion. But like, I understand where you're coming from. Where seeing it on a on a big screen and everything, and taking it in like mm-hmm. with the audio and what have you. Depending if you have like a really good sound system at home, you know. Mm-hmm. But good discussion, you guys. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Let's um, we're gonna move on now. We're gonna go, we're gonna start kind of wrapping things up so we can get to our um, the segment that comes after all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's do so. Let's see. Out now presents what's out now. Uh, these are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week, and uh, quite a few here. First up, Phantom Thread. Yes. Yes. Yeah, see it. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrific. Um, I think more highly of it every time I think about it. It's it's really good, and I already have the Blu-ray. I got to review it. There are some great bloopers on there. Surprisingly, <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a food fight between Leslie Manville and Daniel Day-Lewis that is worth the reason alone to get that movie. Um, let's see, Molly's Game out on this week, mm-hmm. uh, Blu-ray this week. That's the Aaron Sorkin. Jessica Chastain, Nitra Selva film. 
Uh, Still haven't seen it. You haven't seen it, Abe? Not yet. You're a Sorkin fan. You'll like it. Um, it's good. I, I just I think that the thing that really turns me off about it is people say that it's long. Yeah, so are a lot of his movies. And wordy. <laughs> yeah. Wordy, wordy. That that. No, that's the, that's part that I do like. Oh, the dialogue. Okay. It is. People a, say like it's two it's, hours and thirty plus, right? No, it's two twenty. Two twenty. Okay. And it's his dialogue. It's very snappy. It's not. I, <laughs> yeah, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't call it a slow movie. That's not a description I would have for it. Um, the Greatest Showman. They just raised I've heard that mixed one for things. the sing along recently. It's uh, it's made tons of money. It's done its job. I saw it. Audiences <laughs> love this movie. I think it's fine. <laughs> do you see that? Like they released it again. So yeah, they, they put it back in theaters. Do a sing along movie. Yeah, <laughs> think, yeah. Um, all the money in the world is not what all the money in the in the world made at the box office. Mm. <laughs> uh, it was fine. That movie. Uh, That's what I've heard. Yeah, uh, my friend Dahmer. Is there any movie uh, about uh, Dahmer? <laughs> the, the horrible okay. person that is Dahmer. Um, I've heard good things about this. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Uh, Proud Mary. This is that Taraji I've P. Henson. Interesting things, but ultimately kind of just. Yeah, I've heard that it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah. I was saying it's like, it's like mixed negative. Yeah. Uh, Braven. This is the Jason Momoa film. Like what I've heard, it's like it's like a '90s action movie starring Jason Momoa, where he like straight to video. It had like it was one of those. I think it was like streaming, like a streaming release, mm, and now okay. it has this Blu-ray coming out. But like I hear he throws axes in it and stuff. Like so, you know, <laughs> so it's it's like watching like an '80s Arnold movie <laughs> or whatever. Like the, the last time I saw somebody throw an axe was like like Kurt Russell. In, in soldier <laughs> i think it's it's either like he's getting like revenge for like a dead loved one or something or he's trying to like get back a kidnap somebody or something i don't know but like it has back his son but i'm supposed to get this i think for review it's jason momoa being an action guy that sounds fun like why not yeah uh suicide squad hell to pay there's another dc animated uh film oh, i was gonna say uh it's not it, i was curious if they released another edition no, no, no. of the DC. no uh, I will say that the previous Suicide Squad, it was like Batman Arkham Assault, uh, or Assault on Arkham, that was like basically a Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad movie that happened to have Batman in it. That's a better Suicide Squad movie than Suicide Squad. I would okay. assume that this one is probably also a better Suicide Squad movie than Suicide Squad, because Suicide Squad is a terrible movie. Not um, hard, yeah, it's like not hard to do. Yeah, it's a not, not a high bar to cross. Um, yeah. Outlander season three. It feels like these just randomly come up every time there's an Outlander release because like I've never watched this show, but like it, it's like a star series and it comes up every now and again. I'm like, oh, they have another season out. Okay, that's nice. But yeah, they're fans and they're having um, up in smoke. 40th anniversary edition. The the Cheech tour and... with Snoop, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. No, the cheat. 40th anniversary. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, the, yeah, the right. Cheech and Chong film. By the way, I thought that that was like Tommy Chong in A Quiet Place, and I was like, it's that's probably not him. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what's out now. Uh, let's see. Extremely cool. These are things that are now streaming on Netflix and Prime. Uh, first up, uh, Seth Rogen's Hilarity for Charity. Um, this is a stand-up special of Seth Rogen and his wife that they've been putting on for years for Alzheimer's. Um, and they get a lot of comedians to come in and do like you know sets or whatnot to raise money. This is the first time that they've actually broadcast this, um, so that's mm-hmm. on Netflix now. Um, it's got a lot of comedians in there, um, and it's obviously emceed by Seth Rogen. Um, the next um, um, David Letterman special. Uh, my next guest needs no introduction. His um, kind of monthly uh, talk show series. This one mm-hmm. has uh, Jay Z is the guest uh, of this week of this month. Uh, that's right. been a really strong series so far, and as I be, you know, I'll be curious to hear the Jay Z interview. 
Um, and uh, Wild Wild Country. This is a new docu series that's on Netflix. It's like six episodes. It's about a, it's a based on it's like a true story about a cult leader that's formed a cult in Oregon. Right. And I've heard some very interesting things about this one. Same here. Yeah, but it's uh, it's only six episodes long, so that's already a win right there as far as how much investment. Yeah, I think it's like produced by the Duplass brothers. Yeah, the Duplass brothers are yeah they're producers on it. Um, on Prime this week, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer is now on Prime. I was a big fan of that movie. That's the Yorgos Lanthimos film with Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. and, uh, and and Dunkirk's Barry Keegan. Um, <laughs> it's very good. I and even for because I know like some people are kind of mixed on the lobster compared to other people that love the lobster and are correct. Um, I think um, <laughs> two strong acts. Week third act. I think uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer is it's a it's decide it has the same kind of speaking style. If you've seen the Lobster, you know what I'm talking about. But the tone of that movie and the consistency of that movie is a lot different. So it's very much a different movie that happens to have the same director. So I, okay. I, cer- I certainly recommend it, even if you didn't like the Lobster. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and the Florida Project is now on uh, Prime as well. It's on Prime, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Next week, um, we're going to kind of figure that out because I know, Abe, you're going to be gone. So we're yes. either going to record an Isle of Dogs episode early and just have that as our next week's show. Or we'll find a way to do a Rampage episode or we'll combine the two. We'll redo like a special Isle of Dogs thing. and then Animal push... episode? Yeah, a whole, a whole animal <laughs> animal episode <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens but yeah we will be isle of dogs will certainly be a thing that we talk about in um yep in the next week and we'll go from there um last thing we do what should people see now and what do you plan to see next abe recommend isle of dogs I, I think that it's a fun watch i think you have to watch it multiple times just to get some of the um the i guess side jokes but um and also i think thematically something that you'd have to think about and then go see if uh if it stands true. Um, next, uh, I think I'm going to watch Rampage, actually. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh-huh. Let's see. I'd go with to go see Isle of Dogs. And then whatever I see next is probably pending. Mm-hmm. Giving everything you know, you know. Yeah. Because I, I know things are rough, but like, we'll see what happens. Well, Star Wars um, Episode Nine. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Han Solo's coming pretty quick. Um, there's that. There's the Avengers. I, I mean, know. he got kicked out of the Academy for having a mind of his own. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ready Player One, I would say, and Isle of Dogs are the things to see, to see right now. Yep. Um, I would say we'd probably see Rampage next together just because it'll be big, goofy fun, mm-hmm, probably. Okay. <laughs> which, by default, will make it one of the better video game movies. <laughs> um, um, Again, the themes are consistent here. Don't uh, make, don't try and make a video game movie. Well, no, it just, is, a vi- but it is a video game movie. It, I guess it is based off the arcade game. Oh, actually, you're it right. It is, no, it's yeah. a video game movie, so by default, because The Rock's involved, although the last time The Rock was in a video game movie, it was Doom. So, I mean, let's just hope it's a step above that. I keep combining these two rock movies a lot together. Oh, Skyscraper? Yeah, I keep thinking yeah. I'm like, why can't it be Rampage colon Skyscraper or something like that, you know? That's the sequel. Um, That's the sequel right there. I also got, I got the screening for um, Truth or Dare, the Bloomhouse uh, film. Which I is... finally saw a full trailer for that before watching A Quiet Place. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I think I liked it better when I didn't see the stupid goofy smile on their faces. Like that, that, yeah. that. That they're supposed to do whenever the truth or dare goes were bad, and I was like, "That's dumb." Yeah, but I'll, I'll see how I feel. I've heard some good. It's things gonna make fifty so million dollars off of like a two million dollar budget. Yeah, but I think Bloomhouse is there. Um, they're putting a little more. I mean, they've never not put effort in their things, but I I'd like to think this will be better than like that first Ouija that they like more like the second Ouija. That they oh, <laughs> Bloomhouse did the Ouija yeah. series. 
The second one too? The one that you liked? Yes. Okay. That was that was Bloomhouse and um, Platinum Dooms, which did a Quiet Place. Which did also. a Quiet Place. Yeah. yeah. Michael Bay loves uh, John Krasinski. Yeah. Because um, he did Thirteen Hours. Thirteen Hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So I'll see how I feel if I get around to that one. Um, okay. As well. But yeah, that's um. That's going to do it for this um, portion of the episode. You can uh, find all my work at um, thecodazeek.com and on my Twitter page at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over at Oakley Doakley and twitter.com slash walrusmoose, hashtag momsmoviecorner. Anna? You can follow me on Twitter at WriteToRecite. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and um, Audioboom. You know, you can we got all our places. We're, we're all over the place. Our Facebook page, our Twitter, you can follow us there and everything. Google um, service. What we're going to do now is uh, we're going to transition into a, um, a compilation of um, different episodes that all involve my mom, um, where she was able to talk with me and others at times about various movies that we've watched together over the years or that she saw that I wanted to hear her opinions on or whatnot. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're going to leave with you guys here tune in next week um for ideally more uh, actually i don't know because Abe's not going to be here so it'll be a an episode a week after week after that geez things are happening so quickly we're eventually we'll get to an avengers episode so we'll just stick with that for now that'll happen because that's going to come sooner right. later um which i might not also be on <laughs> so we'll see we'll see what happens uh but yeah well, we're gonna we're gonna cut to that uh, whole segment now um so uh, thanks everybody for listening and everything and we'll be back uh, soon enough but for now please enjoy this um am i on microphone yeah you are on microphone hi yeah that that's how that works (laughs) yeah um did you did you like the human centipede watching that movie i liked the human centipede because it was a total different uh it's a whole different topic of, of anything i've ever watched and i've watched some craziness so yes i did so my 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 take on it was that he was this famous surgeon and did all, did all this wonderful work but he was a little on the cookie side you know brilliant people like that always have a kooky side and his kooky side was to make this human centipede but he I don't know what he had in his head because my idea of a centipede of a human centipede before I saw the movie was not what <laughs> was not what was was not anything like what it came out to be it was like oh we're going we're going with kooky I'm going with kooky like Adam's family kooky <laughs> No, it's much worse than it's that. It's much worse than that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, then we won't go because we don't. I don't want to put my Adams family in the cookie and that and that in that same box because I like the Adams family. Okay, so why don't you say who you are? I am Denise Denmark, Aaron's mother. Okay, and I am Aaron, and um, yeah, we just watched a film together. We watched Anaconda. Yes, the, we did. Uh, the 1997 creature classic <laughs> cold class i don't even i couldn't go that far either when miss lopez was still jenny from the block yes <laughs> <laughs> and also featuring ice cube Absolutely. and uh john voight john voight and and eric stoltz 
Ah, the and cute redhead. <laughs> previously, we talked about the human centipede. Yes. Which turned into a massive success as far as the polls on my blog go. Like, it's still the, like, the biggest thing that people have ever listened to. So clearly <laughs> there's... There, there is a lot of love for you and you and I's discussion about the human centipede. <laughs> that's 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 uh yeah that's good. Uh, it's man versus nature. Okay. At its finest. <laughs> <laughs> its finest keywords. Okay, so let's I guess let's try to talk about that. Why don't you try to expo- tell me the plot of Anaconda? The plot of Anaconda. Yes. Oh boy. Okay, let's see. They're doing a documentary, correct? And they run into a man who. Um, pretty much, uh, God, what does he do? He's like a poacher. Oh yeah, that's right. He is a poacher, but he, he pretty much bamboozles them into, into doing what he wants them to do. Yeah. And, uh, he's trying to, he's trying to capture the snake for his own reasons. They're trying to capture pictures of the sashimi tribe <laughs> and it's this whether or not there's an actual sashimi tribe we have yet to yeah, we get to I, find I'm, out I'm curious about that <laughs> and the the totem poles it's so funny because the totem pole the faces on the totem poles are the exact same faces that that uh john boyd does through the movie his little <laughs> with his mouth turned down it's just hilarious I thought snakes eat, like, you know, they're eating whole humans. I know it's a big snake, but don't they eat, like, once every three months or something? Yeah, but these snakes were apparently really pissed off because they were just, they were, they kept coming at them. <laughs> My God. Uh, I'm it sure that... good. I like the, I like the guy with the golf. You know, he, he came prepared. You're going on a documentary, documentary into the Amazon, and you bring your clubs, the whole outfit, plus net. To have practice, practice yes, the, tees on. The the the, uh, the person that's supposed to be the the actor like that narrates the documentary is this English guy played by Jonathan Hyde. I'm gonna go movie geek on you. Go played by Jonathan Hyde, who um, was also he was in Jumanji. He's um, Robin Williams' father in that movie, and he oh, also plays the hunter right. character that's like after them. But um, yeah, he's he's like the narrator of the documentary, and he's very like proper in English and ordering the others around and doing his thing. And yes, he's very prepared on this trip. I mean, it's the Amazon. <laughs> the Amazon, really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I just, you know, the next time I go to the Amazon, I'll definitely know what to pack. <laughs> Don't forget the golf clubs. <laughs> oh, it's pretty funny. I like that. But then he gets killed in the waterfall. But it was a beautiful waterfall. So ice cubes in this movie as well. Yes. You know, it took me a long time to get Ice Cube and Ice T, the names with the faces. For some reason, I wanted to get it the other way around. And then I started the way I, you know how I did it. Ice T is the color of Ice T. <laughs> and so that's how I then figured So, that, you know, the elimination is the other one has to be Ice Cube. I never got that straight. Anyway. So that is... <laughs> well, you want to describe the scene where the snake's underwater and it shows after Owen Wilson was just swallowed by the snake? Oh, and then he goes by, and there's and there's this, you know, when you press your face up against the the, uh, <laughs> the, the screen in the window, and you used to do that when you were little, and you got this impression that that you know with the flat nose and everything. His when the straight when the snake streams by, there's his whole Owen's whole body is is pressed up against the belly of the snake, and you just see all the way. It starts at his feet actually, and it goes to his head, and at the top his hands are up. Is just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it looks? <laughs> <laughs>
if you swallowed a little when a, body. When a 40-foot-long snake swallows an entire a, human, I yeah, guess. Yeah, six, a six-foot man. He's just sitting oh there. Oh, my God, it's crazy. So, right. <laughs> so they're back inside the thing, and um, they get, you get all tied up by John Voight, and then John Voight, like, takes a bucket of monkey blood and throws it on them. No, what, is that? what is that about? <laughs> monkey blood? When do, blood attracts snakes? Now? Mom, everyone knows that monkey blood is just that's that obviously attracts anacondas oh okay. everyone knows this Got it. Yeah, i'm sorry you were late to I, that you, I, you missed that memo i missed that memo <laughs> about three or four weeks ago i watched um the creature from the black lagoon it was mm-hmm. the whole boat and, and the lagoon and and a lot of i don't know if they if they picked that up from there but it kind of looked like a, a 50s movie done in a 21st century way mm-hmm. if, if i can say that when i think about it because they had the, the boat with the, you know and all these different characters on the boat that you're wondering why are they here and and you know and the cute girl and the cute guy and the monster which you know and the bad guy and it was all there it was you know it was interesting yeah. all right alan adam yeah i'd like to introduce you and the listeners i guess to my mother denise hi how are you hi denise good evening good evening denise how are you good Fantastic. Pleasure meeting you over the phone. Happy, happy holidays and all that jazz. The same to you. Thank you very much. Happy Chanuka. <laughs> ah, Chanuka. Yes. I like it. All right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get into our review of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And, um, yes, with both Adam, Alan, and my mother, we are all going to talk about our give, our... give our thoughts on what we thought. This is something that I really like doing, and I've done it a few times now, and I'm very happy to be able to do it once again. I have my mom with me. On the podcast, uh, Mom, say hello. <laughs> hello, podcast people. Hi. Hello, number one son. And uh, so yeah, now I have you back to discuss the Babadook. Um, this is the horror film from last year, uh, the Australian horror film that received rave reviews that I've been recommending to everyone that I know, especially people that love horror movies, much like my mother, who is you know on the show with me right now. And you finally watched it, correct? Yes, I did. I wasn't sure what to expect because I, I don't know what a Babadook is. I, I assumed the, I presumed the Babadook was something scary. And um, I loved it. I mean, the mother and the son in this movie are great. I, I don't know what else to say about them. I'm not familiar with them, but they were great in this movie. And uh, I was just, I, I liked the whole movie. One of the things that, that concerned me, because you know how I'm detailed, and, and I was curious because... Being that the, the child was precocious and, and I knew it was going to be something scary and I knew the Duke was going to be something scary. So my thing was, and, you know, with her being a widow and her not really getting over the fact that her, of how she became a widow. So I, I kind of, you know, I kind of overanalyzed it as I was watching it. And I'm thinking, OK, so is this Duke with the little boy being like I, he is? I thought, well, maybe it's his father, like a spirit in this child and making this child be overly precocious, so to speak. You know, I try to play that. You know, this is before the Babadook came into play. And, you know, because he's just so, you know, I don't even know how to describe him. Quite frankly, when I saw his, uh, the little weapons that he'd made, I, I, the first, my first thought was, oh my God, this is a British Stewie. <laughs> <laughs> even though he's not dominating the world. Australian. Well, I didn't, I, you know, I forgot that it was Australian. Oh, okay. So, so that's why I said British. But yeah. And, and I just thought he was the cutest little thing, but you know. Um, and then I have, yeah. no, sorry. No, no. I was no. just gonna say, and then at one point I also thought that his energy—I didn't think he was possessed, because you know we know how he is. But I thought because his energy was so strong, 
and at times it was a lot stronger than his mother's, that he was bringing on this mama, this barbary person, mm-hmm. preacher, that he was he was bringing it to, to life. Mm-hmm. And that's why his mother saw it, as opposed to it being her imagination. Like he, like it was real in some sense and his energy every time he kind of talked of it it gave it more power right yeah. and then that's when she and it came to the point where she was even able to see it uh-huh well, absolutely i i i've been watching i watch criminal minds a lot and and there's one one of the um behavior behaviors that they do is you close your eyes and they ask them you know what sounds do you hear that's an interesting thing because i never really thought about it like that and when you close your eyes and you think of a situation you may not remember the word, I mean, the, the person, or but if you hear sounds, you can kind of figure out where you were just by hearing the sounds. And you were absolutely right about that movie with that, because, you know, back in the day, they always put music, you know, when the tension would come up, the music would get really wild or whatever. And they didn't do that it's, in this it's, movie. It's a little they, subtle. It's a lot more subtle. Like, there's yeah. some score, but it's a, lot, it's a lot more focused on sound effects and mood. Right. And you could hear all that. You could mm-hmm. hear all that and you could feel that, you know, like you said, with the book and, and the tension in the air and all these little sounds. You're absolutely correct. Freddy Cougar. Is it Freddy Cougar? Yeah. He made those hands popular because those are scary hands. <laughs> and it was great. And the black and the whole, the whole, he's so, he's such, he's almost like, he's more like a villain as opposed to a monster. Because he's got a cape on, or you presume it's a cape and a hat, so he's a, he's a person as opposed to a monster. Monsters don't wear clothing, and so yeah, I, I like the the Duke, which made it which made it more real, as opposed sure. to some ugly monster you know that's not real coming into your house. People, a man can come in your home, <laughs> or, or you know, and so yeah, I did like how they made him more of a villain as opposed to a an ugly ogre monster or something. Certainly seems like an easy Halloween costume to put together. Absolutely. Oh, it's a good idea. <laughs> or, a, or a really easy way to terrify someone if you just kind of put a hat and a coat and some finger claws like behind a door. Oh, something. yeah, don't say that, though, because that's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary to me. <laughs> Those um, insidious, insidious type movies. I'm kind of I'm kind of creeped out by people being able to crawl up walls and on ceilings. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of creepy. That's, 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 that's one of your things. <laughs> Uh, so the insidious, I don't think, unless it comes, you know, I don't think I'll watch that. Okay. <laughs> That's um, creepy to me. Okay, so I'm here now with one of my favorite guests that I have on the podcast, uh, on what I love, what I love to be more frequently, uh, my mother, Denise. Good, good evening, internet audience. Yeah. I'm sorry, I stammered. <laughs> but good evening. How are you all? If they responded, they'd say, we are super excited because Aaron's mom is back on the podcast. Well, isn't that very nice of you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I asked you to watch The Lobster. You did? I I really, really enjoyed it. And I had a feeling you would, but it's also that kind of strange film where I figured, this would be interesting to talk to my mother about with. Because, uh, let me just start from the beginning. (laughs) I, I just have to say this. Knowing what the movie is about regarding, um, if you don't, don't find a mate in two years, you, you get turned into an animal. Like 45 but, days. Oh, 45 days, yeah. excuse me. This woman drives up to a corral of donkeys, gets out of her car with a shotgun, and shoots one. And I'm like, what the? And then I thought, it's like, that was probably her ex-husband. <laughs> Maybe. Something, I mean, that's a way to interpret it for sure. 
That's what I thought. That'd be, from yeah, there, that'd from be, there yeah. I was just intrigued. Side note on the, uh, a cho- on the choice of what you'd like to be. So we talked about that. You know, what would you choose to be if, if, uh, if, if you were in that position? I personally chose to be, I believe cheetahs are on the endangered, endangered species list. I, really, I feel like it doesn't matter really in this scenario if they're in well, the endangered species list. I think it does, only because it's a longevity thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you're on the endangered species list, you get to live on a reserve, and you get and, and yeah, but they, they don't. And you live, but I'm just saying, as far as the reason why I would pick the animal that I would pick, <laughs> that would be my reason. I, I thought about it. If you want to game the system, sure. Yeah, like well, in the logic of this movie, they just live in like the back of this preserve of this campus exactly. where they are. Exactly. It's like it's not like the you, it's not like you choose to be a cheetah and like where you want to go when you get to become this well, animal. Well, I would think they'd have to put a cheetah. They couldn't leave a cheetah in the back of the hotel. Well, that, that's like, it. But you, when they when they go to the back of the hotel, you see random things like a llama walks by that's true. or like I didn't a, think about that. just random animals. Animals are You're like walking around, right. like so. That's right. like they. So those are the, those again, are it comes down to like I imagine budget and just how far, how how crazy do we want to show this world, or do you just get the idea when you see a llama and a peacock run walking randomly in a forest somewhere? Eh, there's that. <laughs> okay, I didn't think about that, but you still didn't see any endangered species animals. True. Yes. And I'm assuming that they're on a preserve somewhere, which is where I would be. That that is that okay. is a good way to think it's of it. It's my story, and I'm Fair sticking enough. to it. <laughs> sticking to it. An idea that's but like. But you know oh. what? I, I guess with that one, you went to a uh, you went to a school where you had peacocks yes. and llamas walking around. So yeah. you know, there's that. And so maybe in my head, I didn't register the strangeness of that <laughs> because I it really I really didn't until you said that. <laughs> well, we were in the middle of like a of an English forest. <laughs> you were in the middle of a school. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what makes one better or worse than the other. <laughs> True, very, you got me there. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. But um, yes, I can see where my cheetah would still have to be there. So <laughs> another animal. <laughs> Joining us today to talk fences, um, we have some special guests here. We have from the Newport Beach Film Festival. Uh, she will not lend you $10. It's Miss Anna Bosch. <laughs> And also, joining us all the way from Las Vegas, where three of us are live recording right now, uh, we have my own mother, Miss Denise Denmark. Happy New Year, podcast listeners. Hi. 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 Here. I'm here. We're here with us on a, a pilot. Like, We're going to have a like live a se- Mom's Movie Minute. It's not even just like a separately recorded Mom's Movie Minute. It's not like a, like she chimed in, for, but she's here on the episode with us. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. You should be excited. I'm very. Excited. I have my lovely girlfriend here. I have my mother here. I have Abe here. I, <laughs> I was gonna wait for the superlative for mine, but all right. You're your own superlative. <laughs> oh. That's why in high school you had the yearbook. You said most Abe. Oh. <laughs> what a swell guy. I like. It. I like it. Most Abe. I think I was the only guy named Abraham. <laughs> That's why you were the most. <laughs> what is your favorite Denzel Washington performance? Trading Day. Yes. Yes. Now I know. Like, no, I want you to go into that for a second because I know you're not like the you're not the biggest Denzel fan no, as a I'm whole, not. but you do like him when he gets a little darker. I do. For some reason, he just comes across as as more more real. It seems like I hate to say this, and it doesn't sound nice, maybe, but his his darkness seems like that's who he really is in real life because it comes across so real and so easy. He's just that good. Well, if he's just that good, you know that's He's Denzel better. Washington. I hope it's only he's just that good. Con Air. 
You watch Con, Con Air. Air. Con Air, I watch it every time it comes on. It's a, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a C, I don't know. It's probably the one-liners in that movie, which you're looking at ugly all day. <laughs> I just love it. I just I like that we've gone from my dinner with Andre and the Cotton Club to Con Air. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm a very eccentric... Um, not eclectic eclectic person <laughs> what i like it's very fitting that you guys are also in las <laughs> vegas right now yeah but yeah conair okay the only reason you know what i just saw it just came on the other day yeah and that's why it wasn't even on netflix it was mm. on you're like what nick cage and all that hair time to watch conair again <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the, and then the whole he's got the whole world yeah with the teacup yeah oh, and the little girl and the i <laughs> It's just, it's just. Steve Buscemi had a great run in that those couple of years because he had like Armageddon going on and and. Well, he yeah, he was like he had the Jerry Bruckheimer contract going, so he just oh, kept yeah. popping up in those movies. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I love it. Yeah. That's, that's the only, of all the millions of movies I've watched, it's the one that sticks out of my head. I'm sad, but, but anyway, I love Viola Davis. She was great. And the one thing that really stood out was the little girl when she got to be six or seven or however old she was at the end. Mm -hmm. The way Viola combed her hair is exactly how my mother used to comb my hair when I went to church on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I have asked her to be on the podcast because I really want to talk to her about certain movies. Other times she just texts me at random and I say save it for the podcast because I think it would be really fun to talk about. And that's what happened. My mom is here. Uh, Denise Denmark, you've joined us again for the podcast. Yes, I have. And good day to all you podcast listeners. It's nice to be back. I get to hear my son's voice and talk about different movies that I question. So what, let's get to that right away. What did you what did you text me the other day? I texted you um, that I finally got a chance to see Get Out. And it was not what I expected. I thought it was going to be a quote-unquote horror movie i felt it to be more of a thriller suspense movie and some other negatives i had about it it wasn't what i expected and i went and i had questions well, that i knew you would be able to answer for me the stereotypes are still there for me in, in a way but i like the movie i really like the movie and you know and the stereotypes are part of reality also because this is the way it is and this is how people think and that's not going to change and you know it's a great movie i you know, I that teacup thing that that was that was bothersome. Her stirring the teacup as I knew, I knew when she t- asked him to come into the room and sit down, and she got picked up that tea. I knew that was going to be her her swinging clock, so to speak. The one the one thing the actor they picked. I mean, he's a very great actor, and and trust me, I'm, I'm not a bias on color of the skin of my people, mm-hmm. but you know, it's like they pick the darkest brother they could find because when they do some of these the uh the so-called scary scenes and his eyes get really big you know and you see the whites of his eyes and he's got these bright beautiful white teeth and it reminds me of the 20s when they used to do that with the uh black actors you know and you know and the cooks and then they'd always you know whenever they were scared they you know they look they have these dark faces and these white eyes showing and kind of goes back to blackface and all that and that's what comes up in my head when i see that regardless to how ridiculous that probably sounds to a lot and that's okay that's, no i don't i, I but, don't uh, think that sounds ridiculous but i do <laughs> think there's there's a purposefulness to why it's to be done i mean he could jordan peele could have easily chosen a you know a more light-skinned brother to be a part of this movie but i think there is absolutely. purpose in having someone that's you know that that is very black uh, which is i mean 
this is something we don't get to on, on the man because it's not a you know a racially charged podcast but i mean there is a no. there is a distinction in hollywood of how black actors are you know kind of used in movies and there is a, oh absolutely there is a there is a, a thing about the complexion of black skin that very much makes a difference between which actors become more popular and you're choosing for bigger roles than other actors absolutely and as black people we know that we know that and i and i guess when I see things like that, the, the people out there that really aren't aware of that, they see that as that's the way it's always should be or that's – I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it really. It's just something that I know. And when I see that in movies, it just bothers me because it's like it's 2017 and they're still doing stuff from the, the, the 20s and the 30s. You know, that's what I saw. And and so and that was kind of that was kind of uh, disappointing to me, and that was the reason because I saw that in the previews and and right you know I picked that up in the previews anyway, and I didn't want to watch it for that was one of the reasons. And then like I said after watching it, it's a great movie. You know those are my negatives about it, and those are my personal feelings, and that's the way it is. But it was a great movie, and I loved it, and I may watch it again now. Since it's, you've watched it three times already, it, I need to watch it again. It's an easy one to watch. It's not that long, and it moves <laughs> no. very quickly. Yeah. Towards the so towards the end, what did you think was going to happen when that cop car arrived? Like, what was the feeling you had? My feeling again went back to the the norm that was going to be a real cop, and 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 he was probably going to shoot him because you know he's standing over a body. There's another body not too far away. Mm-hmm. It's a black man in a white uh, community, and if that had been a real cop. Especially if it was just one cop and not two, he probably would have just shot him without even asking any questions. That's what I thought was going to happen, to be perfectly honest, or now, something yeah. along that line. Now, I, I will say this, because <laughs> there is a, um, there are some alternate endings to this film, so many of which are on oh. the, the Blu-ray. Um, there is a version where it's not Rod, and it is a cop, and they arrest him, and they take him to jail, and he's in jail. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's I and I believe it was changed because of basically after events from last year involving how things went, uh, yeah. Peel wanted to put something more optimistic at the end, as opposed to going the darker route. And okay. That's, that's why he changed things around. Good idea. And, and that works. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of like, okay, this is definitely Hollywood because, you know, <laughs> he found him right on time, you know? <laughs> so that part of it is, you know, but I, you know, I try not to get too in depth. I mean, it adds up. Like it's the friend who you like, but he's he's TSA to get stuff done. Yeah, he does, and he said that, and he said that, and he was on it. You know, the cops weren't doing it; they thought he was funny. Oh, I loved, I have to absolutely love the part in the uh, the in the um, police station, police station, in the in the captain's office or whoever. The, I love that actress. I can't even think of her name right now. But when she called her friends in, because I totally thought she was believing him. I felt so bad <laughs> when. when they told us, and she said, don't ever said I didn't do anything for you. Oh, that was great. <laughs> and I'm like, that is, so, it was great, but that was so wrong. Because uh, he thought he, she believed him, and he was, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's so wrong. You just burn him like that. <laughs> but it was funny. <laughs> I yeah. always like to know what the cutoff age is no, I, I when, think, I'm, when I'm speaking of things. I, people be, I think people would definitely be more in the kind of Generation X era of things. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I thought he was younger than that. I guess yeah, he's Yeah, he's, thir- he's 38. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's not, okay. Like, he's not old, but like he's – No, well, <laughs> definitely not old. But I thought he was – I guess I just thought he was younger. But 38 is – that's probably right. That's... You know this better than anybody. Black don't crack. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> 
I am gifted of getting those compliments all the time. I just so. I'm telling every time I say, just put Will Smith back in that Bel Air high school jacket. It'll look just same age. <laughs> same same way. <laughs> just give, give give him that you know grow his hair up a little bit. It'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely correct. So funny. I'm happy you sent me a text that said you watched Get Out and had questions because that immediately made me think, okay, I need to talk to my mom about something on the podcast because that will be great. I love being a guest host. <laughs> okay. Or I guess a guest guest? Not yeah, a guest, guest host. A guest. A guest. I love being a guest. It's great. But uh, yeah, and also I'm just happy to talk to you about the movie because I do think, again, I really like the movie a lot. It's, again, it's one of my favorites of the year and I, it's happy to, I'm happy to revisit it on the podcast because we, you know, haven't, we spoke about it back in February when it came out and mentioned it again a few times, but this is a nice little bonus episode episode to do about that movie in particular so wonderful i can't wait to uh hear myself okay. <laughs> other special guests it's me and i enjoy the paper i love the sunday paper my best paper is the san francisco chronicle i used to sit on the floor and spread it all out around me the pink pages was the very most favorite then entertainment then fashion and style then travel they have the best color pictures it's beautiful and Aaron probably doesn't remember, but between the ages of five and eight, when I'd take him to school, I'd have him read me things out of the newspaper on the way to school. A horoscope just to practice his reading and his words. Hmm. So, Interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, also- I, w- I wonder who the special guest is going to be. <laughs> we have a special out now quickies this week. Yep. As I may have already, <laughs> as I may have already alluded to, there is another special guest here. Um, it is my mother. Hello. Hi. Hi. We are, Ana and I are in Las Vegas this weekend visiting with my mother, and the three of us all saw The Commuter. A lot of the fight scenes, I mean, he's a 60-year-old man, (laughs) and they have him fighting like he's 25. I'm like, really? Okay, you are not To to be fair, like, the fighting he does, it's a lot of him, like, standing there taking punches, and then he fights back. He's, like, beat up. He's a 60-year-old. And and granted, he's an ex-cop, so I give him that. You know, maybe he's got his cop thing going on, whatever. But I don't know. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Maybe it isn't something you want to run out and see. Absolutely, but it is. It's not. It, it's. It's to me. It's. It's getting where um, Indiana Jones movies. Indiana Jones. Yes. Movies, he's getting older, so <laughs> the, the storylines are, are going with his age. They're age appropriate, except for like I said, I thought some of the fighting was a little whatever. I, I have one more thing, and this is totally a girl thing, and I know that, and we've, we've got three men listening, but it's okay. They focused a lot on her shoes. This particular woman, they focused, <laughs> they focused a lot on her shoes in the beginning. <laughs> And it was it, it just it was so weird to me because when they finally showed her whole person, her shoes totally did not match her outfit. <laughs> they did not match her dress. They did not match her purse. And I could I, and I I just ponder on why did they focus on her shoes? I don't get that. That's why. That's how you know she's up to no good. I, I was gonna be like, see, I like how you're picking up all these clues. Yeah. Well, they were black and white, like the like the woman from um, 101 Dalmatians was the bad lady. Really cool. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Very good. Good good night, podcast friends. Thank you for being on, Mom. Oh, and once again, thank you for having me. I enjoy this. And for all of you that like hearing my voice, thank you very much. I look forward to talking about more obscure movies with you. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for inviting me. For sure. Nice to see you, Abe. And. uh, I hope to be able to do this again. Great. Excellent. Okay. Thank okay. you. Ciao. Peace out. Well, thank you, son. I appreciate you letting me take your time um, on your podcast and 
Abe, I'm sorry that you couldn't join us, but maybe I'll get to speak with you the next time. For sure. And to all the great people out there that listen to my son's and Abe's podcast, I love you all dearly. Keep listening. Share the wealth. Tell everybody about him. Love you. Love you all. I'm